tape. <laughs> now we're gonna watch Unbreakable. Let me get that Bruce Willis. Let me get that Samuel Jackson. Let me get that Robin Wright. <laughs> she's no longer Robin Wright Penn. Oh, she's unbreakable. She's unbreakable. Hello, and welcome to Hollywood Hustle Podcast, a weekly podcast inspiring artists and entrepreneurs all over the world with the struggles of those hustling towards success. Hello, my name is Daniel, and I am here always with my co host. Michael Lutheran. Hey, Michael. Hello, Daniel. Hello, everyone. It's so good to be back. Man, season three. Season three. Here we, we come. We are starting a new. Uh, we have a new energy. We have fresh faces coming to be interviewed. We mm-hmm. have a new format. We have a new release schedule. I mean, this thing is just changing. Get get some new running shoes, everyone, because yeah. we about to be hustling. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's exciting. It's the beginning of a new year and there's a lot that, you know, we're going to experience and so much that we're going to learn this year, both on the podcast and as well as just in our own journeys and everything. But we decided to start off with something special. It's it's no secret at this podcast that one of our favorite movies is the movie Unbreakable by M. Night Shyamalan, starring Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson. It was Robin made Wright the, Penn. Robin at the Wright time. Penn, absolutely. It was made in two, the year two thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was made for seventy five million dollars. That was the budget. Yeah, and he came up for the idea of this movie while filming Sixth Sense, which is of course his first directorial debut with Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. And the opening weekend, you want to guess how much it made opening weekend, Michael? Oh, gosh. I know that this movie kind of floundered at the box office. I'll, I'll say uh, $10 million. Ooh, way off. $30 million. $30 million. Okay. And then wow. the worldwide gross was $154 million. Which, so it was made for $75 million, you say? Mm-hmm. And is that including marketing? Yeah. Okay. But they, they've also, I've read also they've made over $200 million, so I don't know how ac- which one's accurate. Yeah. So. Well, and we were just, I was just telling you before we started rolling, um, you know, we are now in the age where superhero films are the new norm, right? With Mm. the success of Disney Marvel Studios, whatever Warner Brothers is trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone now can expect a superhero film to come out every other month. But when this movie came out, I really feel like this movie was ahead of its time. This was the first modern superhero. This was the first modern superhero movie. I believe X-Men had come out. In yes, uh, just around this I think time. X Men came out in like the ninety nine, maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna do a little. You well, talk. Well, I'm yeah, check. well, you check. You you fact check that. But this movie, if you watch it, oh, that came out in two thousand two. Yeah. It came out. In t- so X Men came out two thousand two. No, two thousand as well. Oh, two thousand as well. So this was the time where, uh, you know, Hollywood was finally starting to give superhero genre the you know a more serious look. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I really feel like M night Shyamalan, this film stands out amongst all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, whether it's, you're a Marvel fan, whether you're a DC fan, this one is purely original. Of course it has its, uh, influences. X-Men came out first. X-Men came out first. It came out okay. in the summer and then this came out in November. But like also again, you see already the beginning of the differences, right? Mm-hmm. Like X-Men is very action driven. It's, you know, it's all about the spectacle. Yeah. Whereas this movie, it's about character. It's oh, about absolutely. these real people who are dealing with really well, personal it, it's, issues. It's a real world origin story. 
Yes. And so, whereas X-Men has that fantastical aspect to it, this cues it very subtle. It's yeah. very much about a, a, a human being being told, you have superpowers. And him being like, well, what? Well, it's about someone like truly resisting that side of themselves. Yeah. To, uh, too, to, yeah. to their own detriment to the relationships around him. Yeah. Um, and this film is set in Philadelphia, which is where a lot of M. Night Shyamalan's films are yeah, set. That's a go-to and, for him. And what's so exciting... Daniel, at least for me, because I remember when I first watched this movie, I was like mm-hmm. 11, 12 years old. And this was at the time when movies didn't have sequels. Yeah. Really. Like there wasn't an expectation. Yeah. And, you know, for years and years and years, we've heard like Bruce Willis or Samuel L. Jackson saying like, yeah, we're open to it whenever. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's do it. And then this small little movie called Split came out. So good. In, I believe, 2016, mm-hmm. it just came off off the radar. M. Night Shyamalan was kind of coming back from a few films that had not gone so well. Mm-hmm. And it was the it, the trailers pitched it as like a horror film yeah. about this guy with 23 personalities. And only in the last five minutes of the film do you realize it's connected. It's connected to Unbreakable. Yeah. We see, you see David Dunn sitting in a cafe and like, oh, he's like that other guy. What was his name? Yeah. <laughs> well, the th- I, I knew it immediately when you see uh, James McAvoy staring into multiple mirrors, you know, of mm-hmm. course, representing yeah, all these you different heard, personalities. You heard the score. And I hear the score. And I, I think it's uh, James Isaac Newton who does the score uh, for Unbreakable. Like, I immediately knew it. it and I was and I told you you're the only one that probably knew that. Oh my god, like, Karen I'm, was so sk- freaked out for a moment cuz I literally almost jumped out of my seat <laughs> and I and I and I exclaimed a word that I won't say here on the podcast. No, family friendly. But I think I was the only person in the theater that knew what was coming. Yeah, they like they, they heard that like wait a minute. Yeah. What's happening? And to, and to find out that originally split and unbreakable were supposed to be one one movie, movie. and then they he he was gonna have him be like partner up with elijah like be his like lackey yes and then they he decided it was too much and so he wrote him out yeah he, he completely discarded yeah. that well, character because like, what i'm hearing what i've read in my research is that there was a whole like pretty much this is one act that he just expended out because it was he cut out like a whole two-thirds of the script yeah and that probably dealt with uh, the split character, uh, yeah. James McAvoy's character. So it's it's really fascinating Wh- to see. Which, who do you think oh. would have played that part in two thousand? Because oh James McAvoy wasn't a huge name then. I mean, I was you could maybe then. think of someone like Ewan McGregor. He was just coming on the Ooh, scene. Yeah, he had I done Train Spotting. Yeah, uh, he had at this time two thousand. He was about to do Star Wars yeah. and Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and. I do see a lot of similarities. They're both I Scottish. Can see that. That's a good. That's a good choice. Yeah, I like that. I like um, that. I'm going to go with Jim Carrey. Hmm. Jim Carrey as Kevin. around that time he was doing more serious stuff as well. He was starting to do Truman Show. Yeah. He hadn't yet done. And he's got the physicality. Sunshine. Oh yeah, he does. But I, I wonder though, because so much of what we know about Jim Carrey now is right. him like resisting Hollywood. Now, right. would he have been in the place? To do a movie like this for Unbreakable, I think you would have because it was such a low key film. It wasn't like big Hollywood. But then I also wonder maybe someone like a Joaquin Phoenix because mm. Shyamalan goes on to use uh, to cast him in Signs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I feel like Shyamalan is very similar to a lot of directors in that they keep bringing. Or do you the think you would have just brought Haley Joel, Joel Osment back and <laughs> and him be? I see dead people. And hello. (laughs) Would you like a PB and J? Yeah. He Uh, becomes the ghost. So, real quick, before we get started watching the movie, 
Um, you know, what's your first, like, what was your, do you remember your reaction when you saw Unbreakable for the first time? Yeah, I know my, remember my brother David showed it to me. I was just so perplexed of like, cause I love superhero movies. It's also no secret on the show that Daniel and I are big fans of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I grew up watching Christopher Reeve movies. So that was the style of, um, superhero movies that I was under the impression of. And then I saw this movie and I think it was maybe because I was just starting to be a teenager. So everything's dark (laughs) or whatever, but it really woke me up to like, Oh wow, this is how you can really tell a story. Mm -hmm. This like you can, you know, tell something that's so honest and true, but still, um, you know, do something that you love like superheroes. Yeah. I, I also remember watching it with Kel Torados, original sound editor here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And from this movie, we started at that time working on the idea of a script for a movie of our own. Mm. And like, we started like the, the vision of him wearing the poncho the with poncho. the rain yeah. coming down, like that just stuck in my mind. Yeah. And uh, just so, so wonderful. What yeah. about you, man? I mean, I remember watching it going, oh my gosh, this movie is fantastic. Like, I remember being so pumped by this movie. Had you seen uh, Sixth Sense? Because I hadn't. Have I? Oh, man. This was my first M. Night Shyamalan movie that I ever watched. Honestly, I can't. I think I had seen Sixth Sense. I didn't see Sixth Sense until after it was in theaters. I saw it, and I the, the ending had already been ruined for me mm. when I saw Sixth Sense. And so I think I remember when this came out, I was like, I'm going to see this as fast as possible. Because I don't want it to get ruined for me. Because mm-hmm. I knew it would probably have a twist. And uh, so I think I saw this second. And I remember just watching it in just awe of just all of it. I was just like, this is... Um, and like the scene when he... And we'll get to it, obviously, when we watch it. When he comes in that train station. I'm pretty sure I was just like ear to ear like, this is awesome. Well, I mean, watching this movie made me like look at being in crowd spaces completely differently. Oh yeah. Like, cause even to this day, like if I'm at Disneyland or I'm at the mall and if someone brushes <laughs> up against murderer? me, like I always wonder if like, what if I had that superpower? <laughs> what was the last flash. bad thing you did? <laughs> this flash. Well, I, and I think, you know, I think you have since, you know, I think since memory is a huge thing. And, and so I think when you watch something that you watched originally, you know, years before you still get a little bit of that same emotion that you sure. had the first time you watched it. And when I watch this, it's just chills. Just yeah. always just moments of just like, and I will also so say good. it. This just comes to my mind. So we were saying that this was released in 2000. So it came, they filmed it probably 98, 99, right? Mm, probably, yeah. So this is right before 9 11 yeah. as well. But this film is already starting to kind of hint at certain terrorist attacks. Yeah. Watching it. Like it, it's, and that's why I think it's like it hits me so much because it feels so close to home. Well, again, it's the reality. Of yeah. It. It's so modernized and put in a real world situation. And I think I, I would love to go back and know like how many people knew it was a superhero movie. Like I would love to go back and see the marketing of it. And well, and that's if, the if it was marketed as that as such in its promos. You know, I, I feel like one thing that certainly happens in this industry is uh, the once you release your first project or whatever, like the the industry likes to view you at in that lens yes. for the rest of your film. Yeah. So no matter what, I feel like everyone's always compared Shyamalan to Sixth Sense. Oh, absolutely. And so all of That's his movies his are always framed as like a horror movie, a thriller mm-hmm. of some kind. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if Unbreakable was released in that same vein. Yeah. Um, you know, movies like The Village or whatever were le- released as like a monster movie when right. they weren't. Well, you know, and, and the reason we're doing this movie, I think I don't mention is Glass comes out 
uh, 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 next week, I believe. First name, Mr. Last name, Glass. And so, and even watching the trailer, I already see very comic booky shots. Mm -hmm. Like there's a shot of them all three sitting in a room together. Which is like very with, uh, purple. With uh, Laura Linney? Uh, no, it's uh, Sarah Paulson. Sarah, Sarah Paulson. Um, and it's over her shoulder. It's a shot and you kind of still see her and it's kind of above, elevated above her shoulder. And it's a very, I can see that in a comic book. Like it's framed so much like a comic book yeah. shot, uh, well, frame. And of course in Unbreakable, he uses such a great use of color and oh, framing. Um, we'll but, talk about that. But it does look like in uh, Glass, he's finally amping it up a little bit because mm -hmm. now like, I feel like Unbreakable is like, you don't know that this is a superhero movie. Split, you didn't know this was a superhero yeah. movie. Now in Glass. We know. We know. We know. And now, but what's interesting, at least from what we know from the trailers, like it's now trying to convince you that there are no superheroes. That's Sarah Paulson's character angle, right? Like, well, she, her, her angle is you're insane. Like yeah. you're, you're not thinking properly. Mm -hmm. Then why do you have such a comic book style <laughs> mental facility? <laughs> Sounds like the bad guys. Yeah. Oh, I can't oh. wait. I can't wait either, guys. Just taking one quick second before we start our commentary of Unbreakable to remind you guys real quick about radportfolios.com. Uh, they are a fantastic web designing service that you can use this year in 2019 to jumpstart your career with a fantastic looking website for your art artistic career. And guess what? This company is built by artists and for artists. Uh, if you're an actor and you just got some new headshots and you just updated your reel and you're ready to start submitting for auditions and for casting directors and you want to show them in the room your website, well, these guys can take care of everything for you. You send them the material and they will make the website look at in whatever way that you want, but more so reflecting you. And they do a really great job and they're offering our listeners a really great discount, half off of the startup costs. And then they will design the website for you. And then you just have to pay the, the monthly maintenance cost of $99 a month. And guys, that is not a bad deal whatsoever. Uh, but use our code word HUSTLE at checkout, H-U-S-T-L-E, to get, again, 50% off of the startup costs. And then you just have this maintenance fee that you pay every month. And it's to get an amazing looking website designed for artists for you, guys. So... Get unbreakable, get rad, go to radportfolios.com so you can get back to getting booked. All right, guys, get your popcorn because we're about to watch the movie. All so, right. Anyways, let's watch this movie. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about stuff as we go on. I've done a lot of research. I know Michael has some thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. uh, we are at the Touchtone Pictures logo. It just did its you know bright blinking thing. The it, lightning it drags is already, across yeah, the screen. It already the dragged left. across the screen. It's pretty much about to fade out. So get to that point. And uh, I'm going to say three and then hit play. Yeah. Michael, so, are you ready to I, watch Unbreakable? My caramel macchiato and I are ready, Daniel. I am ready as well. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy us watching <laughs> Unbreakable. One, two, three, play. Fun fact, Touchstone is Disney. Yes, it is. And yeah. if you hear a cat meowing in the background, that is my cat, Conan. It's our special guest, Conan. He's in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's more so coming up to us to ask us why he's not having a podcast episode about himself. Now, uh, fun fact before we even get started, um, Bruce Willis uh, agreed to do this movie before even seeing a script. And he actually met with Samuel Jackson in a casino. And my, Michael, I think uh, Bruce Willis was talking to 
M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan and was like, hey, I'm here with Samuel Jackson. Talk to him about this film. And it was done right then and there. Bam. So now we're on the screen of like giving the statistics of comic, comic books uh, yeah. that are sold. Now, you, and and I, what, what's interesting is like already that's kind of giving you, it's not telling you that this is going to be a superhero story. It's just giving right. you a fact. So from the first shot of this movie, you, you already see a theme in the movie, which is that the first times you see Samuel Jackson's character throughout his ages is, is it, in glass. Yeah, it's, it's a reflection of yeah. glass. Yeah. Um, one of the things I read that was really interesting that I never thought about was the uh, the way the doctor reacts in this scene um, dealing with racial issues at the time mm-hmm. that this part, part of the story is set, where he's coming in, he's smiling, and when he asks the... the uh, other people did anything happen to this baby and he's smiling a lot of people thought that was weird and off and i read an article where it was talking about he's trying to stay calm because what he's probably thinking is these white people did something to this black baby oh wow well yeah because i mean look there's the police mm-hmm. officers right behind him and everything mm-hmm. and so a lot of people so it's just kind of dealing with already dealing with racial issues mm-hmm. Um, and you even kind of see that as you go on throughout the movie. Yeah. And we already ha- have like some strong color tones going on mm-hmm. with uh, the two women in red, yep. uh, Elijah's mother in purple, which it goes on to be his, his color. Theme. Yeah. Which is Samuel Jackson's favorite color. Yeah. That's the reason why he yeah, has a purple, purple lightsaber. lightsaber. Yeah. He, <laughs> he basically forced George, uh, George Lucas. Lucas to give him one. Oh, and we got, and you know, now the gentleman playing the doctor is also in a really, really great show called Oz on HBO oh, that came okay. out during the early, the late nineties. So mm-hmm. if you ever get a chance, watch Oz. It's really good. Um, he plays like a Islamic uh, priest. Okay. Uh, character. Oh man. I just remember watching this scene and you just feel as you start to realize what's happened, that mm-hmm. he is just this little boy's body is just so broken mm-hmm. was just absolutely devastating. Absolutely. And the, the, just seeing the pain on her face. Uh, just, and then that's how we open. <laughs> yeah. And that's the opening of this movie. Uh, and the music, the score. To I know how much movie. you love this the uh, music in this. And it, it, just it's so song. simple. Yeah. It's just a simple theme and that it just swells mm-hmm. as the movie goes on. Absolutely. Well, I know one of the really cool things, uh, again, I, like I said, I, I read a lot of people's lo- analysis of, uh, of this movie. And one of the things that I really like is they talk about how, when you see both the antagonist and the protagonist or what you find out is the antagonist um, is that they both start on the opposite ends. So with Elijah, you already feel sorry for him. Mm -hmm. You already feel like uh, a connection. You, 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 you want the best for him because he has this issue. The first time you see David Dunn, he's cheating. He's trying to cheat on his wife. Yeah. And so you see them at these, like he's not being a hero by any steps. And Elijah's not a villain. He's someone to be sympathetic too yeah and already we got another like kind of comic book mm-hmm. angle of just looking through the seats and the little girl wearing the bright yellow yeah um and david dunn's already wearing green mm-hmm. or a color of green but there's also something in bruce willis's performance in this movie that where you just feel like he already is a man at the end of his rope absolutely he's he's tired he's mm-hmm. exhausted Did they ever say where he's coming from? Uh, he's going to New York. Okay. Uh, I think he was coming from New York for a job interview. Oh, okay. Uh, to be like involved in their uh, like some type of security position. Gotcha. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if they actually talked about. And here you see him kind of. I love this shot where it just pans down. 
I think I read that uh, Bruce Willis said there's 30 just there's 30 scenes in this movie that are just one shots. Oh my gosh, that's that's true. Like because this feels like it's one continuous take. Mm-hmm. See the blue. She's wearing blue. He's mm-hmm. got the green on. And as you said, like he's already <laughs> looking and putting on that face. Like, oh, hey, this uh, is my cool face. Hello, I'm Bruce Willis. <laughs> Did you, you ever see the movie to, Die Hard? Have you ever been to Planet Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> There's just someone who does not. Oh, he just fails so hard in this moment. <laughs> And you're kind of like, it's weird because you don't know what to think about him. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like, oh, okay, I like Bruce Willis, but he's kind of being a, a, a dirtbag. Yeah. Uh, going back to what you said, though, originally yeah. about like introducing uh, Elijah as someone to feel sorry for. Mm-hmm. It, it's, if you think about it, though, it's also like the classic Bond villain trope where most of the great Bond villains have some type of physical oh, ailment yeah, absolutely. or yeah. something yeah. Uh, that identifies them. Oh, there's a lot of clues that he's going to be the bad guy. I mean, like he, there's guy's constantly wearing like... I mean, the hair... Like everything about the, the, him. The, the always wearing black. He's got this like super like, you know, sp- nice car. Mm-hmm. But I think also like I I wonder and I would I would love to ask if I ever got the chance to ask in my Shyamalan, did you put him in a wheelchair? James Newton Howard. Yeah, my apologies. James um, Howard. Did you ever put him in a wheelchair? Did you put him in a wheelchair? I know he has this obviously this disease, but to give like a reference to like Xavier. And almost get this feeling of him being an Xavier type. Well, he is a mentor. He yeah, that's what. That, that's, that's yeah. He kind of leads David Dunn a little bit. Yeah. So I, w- I would be curious to ask him that. And the cane he uses that was Samuel Jackson's idea. Yep. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead. <laughs> now, uh, one of the cool things we we have the sound turned off because we're obviously recording, um, so we have the subtitles on. But as the scene goes on, uh, especially after this moment, there's a ticking sound that slowly starts going up and stops mm-hmm. right before the plane crashes. And so a lot of people were wondering if that was like the device uh, that uh, Elijah put on oh, the train. Oh, sure. Uh, now he's trying so to... So awkward. Now, now he's just trying to walk back and, you know... I, I, she's just insulted, like, yeah, let go, me get away from this. Yeah, I'm going to go find her seat. Eduardo Sierra. Hey, good job, Eduardo. Yeah. This is, looks fantastic. I'm sure you're listening. Mm-hmm. And now, <laughs> now he puts the ring back on. Yeah. And again, like you don't, fe- it doesn't feel like a superhero movie. It's so slow paced. Yeah. There's no big action that's happening. You've, you've introduced one character who has like a tragic beginning <laughs> and now, Oh my God, this girl's judging you so hard. <laughs> she's the audience. Like yep. she's the audience going, dude. Written, produced, and directed by uh, M. Night Shyamalan. This shot right here is just fantastic. So and I feel the like if you, the subtlety of seeing the train go faster mm-hmm. and faster. As the camera just slowly zooms mm-hmm. in on him. And the taking sound. And he kind of slowly starts realizing how fast they're going. I'm just going to narrate what's happening. Yeah. David M's looking out the window. But again, like if this were a Marvel movie mm-hmm. or just a, uh, you know, a big studio movie, you would have, I think, seen him in the moment, like in the train accident, maybe like trying to save people yeah. or something like it would have been so much more flashier. But this it just stays with you up until the moment and then it cuts away. Mm-hmm. You would have seen him trying to help people, telling people something's wrong. We got to get out of well, here. I feel like something that 
Shyamalan does really well is he leaves it up to the audience mm. to figure out what happens. He does it a lot in Signs, right? Um, where it's all about the sound design, kind of leading you into you know the monster or in this scene, like mm-hmm. all you you don't see the train crashing. Mm-hmm. It just gives you the moment right before, right. It. and then and now that it flashes you to this kid, you have to think, oh my gosh, what happened? Yeah. Where has you been, banana? <laughs> now I've got you, weasel. I, I, oh, and then oh, there it is. And there it is. I'm surprised that he didn't uh, bring the the child actor from Signs to be maybe in this movie. Mm. But this this young actor, let me get his name. Well, this was before Signs. No. Or so, no, yeah. I mean, I meant uh, my apologies. I meant Sixth Sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. Haley Joel Osment? Correct. And <laughs> this is uh, Spencer Treat Clark. Yeah, Spencer Treat Clark. Who's going to be in uh, Glass, I believe. Is he? I is think he gonna, so. Is he coming back? I hope so, because like, what happened to David Dunn's family? <laughs> Why? Well, yeah, because I was, I was wondering if uh, if they were able to get... Um, uh, Robin Wright? Yeah, Robin Wright to she, come back. I don't think she's going to be in it. Mm. But speaking of Robin Wright, we have... Uh, John Kelly from mm. House of Cards playing the doctor who's strolling on over to David Dunn right now. Now, this is one of my favorite shots. Yeah, especially the the, the, with the foreground. Because, the it, it, again, like, Shyamalan lets your imagine take hold. You just see a body right in front of you mm-hmm. and soon start seeing, you know, quicker breath and the blood starting to seep through the bandages and everything. Meanwhile, this very calm scene is happening in the background. I just want to uh, correct you real quick. It's Michael Kelly. Oh, Michael Kelly. Not John Kelly. Not John Kelly. My apologies. Oh, not John Kelly, the White House chief of <laughs> yeah. staff. That guy. This is John Kelly, the White House chief of staff. He started as an actor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, there's several in this movie uh, over. Uh, I've read two different numbers again, but thousands of people die in this movie. Um, if you look at all the accidents and the plane crashes well, and all and the tra- like uh, tragedies, but yeah. only four die in, on camera. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. But right this here. is, this is just so unsettling. Like mm-hmm. here's David Dunn watching someone literally die right down, in front yeah. of him. And only, and to be given like this news of like, yeah, you, there's not a scratch on you. Yeah. Meanwhile, this other person is dying. In I'm front asking of you. you all these questions because you don't have a scratch on you. Mm hmm. And they see the blood start. Yeah. Oh, it's so Meanwhile, good. the camera's just like creeping in just ever so slightly. I would just like, I would be like, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, are you sure you were in this train? Yeah. But, and I really like what Bruce Willis is doing here. Mm-hmm. Of just like, it would be so easy to <clears throat> play the exasperated, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? And right. then, no, he's just completely. He still. looks like Bruce Willis in a regular interview. <laughs> No, what? Well, so, Michael, if yes. you were in a terrible, horrific, would have killed everyone accident, like a plane crash or a terrible, horrible train accident, and you are the only survivor, you don't have a scratch on you, and the yeah. doctor's telling you all this, what would be your reaction? What do you think? How would you react to that? Do you think? Oh my gosh! I mean, I feel like I would be overwhelmed. I, I, I think there is this level of survivor guilt. Yeah, that's kind of happening i mm. like kind of like david dunn walking through this area like he's walking mm. past all these people who have lost who have them. lost all their families yeah. all their family members and he's the only one to survive mm-hmm. that would be 
I mean, of course you're, you're so thankful to be with your family and everything, but you're just overwhelmed with pain, with remorse, confusion. Yeah. There's gotta be just, I mean, a multitude of emotions that would go through you. And I mean, what's amazing is that like, and Shyamalan left it all unsaid. And I love Robin Wright's reaction here where it's almost the same, like, how are you alive? But, but there's even this thing of like, you know, this interaction, like she doesn't even Mm -hmm. embrace him. Like she just kind of goes up and nudges against him kind of like there is so much said about this relationship in that moment. Like just this moment of, of like, like she even looked at him like, how are you not dead? Yeah. And oh my gosh, the little boy bringing them and forcing them to hold hands. Like she and, a, and she this moment again, like you're you're talking earlier about like single tracking shots. This mm-hmm. is all one take. Yeah, I like how she's for some reason has a butterfinger in her hand. Don't know why. Just the butterfinger. What does that? What does that butterfinger say about? <laughs> well, the, it's the funny because she's wearing yellow. And <laughs> yellow. Well, uh, uh, that theme. her tones in this movie are more of the yellow. Mm-hmm. And even though like they're, they're all their stuff is green and yellow. Mm-hmm. You have the curtain and the, the, the cabinets. And the production design is really where. M. Night Shyamalan does hint at the comic book nature mm-hmm. of this film. Your first meal back and you're having a bowl of cereal. And it doesn't even look like exciting. Again, subtle, just a regular guy. Yep. Uh, this is one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite films. Yes, it is. Yes, one it is. Top films. I will say it does even in the way it's shot, it even has kind of the tone of like something that you'd see in a horror film mm-hmm. a little bit as well. So let me ask you this. I ask you kind of, uh, you know, while we're watching this, uh, as to who would have played the split character in 2000. If this movie was made today and we we had oh, mod, not not Bruce Willis and not Samuel Jackson, people around this age, who would be in this movie? Oh, boy. I have an idea for a few ideas, but I want to I hear. Man. Who, who would play David Dunn and Elijah and, would, and, and the wife? And the wife? Gosh. I mean, I, I want to hear your ideas first, just because right now I'm, I just know these characters. For some reason, I'm thinking Michael Fassbender for David Dunn. Hmm. Because I think he could play that everyman guy. Sure. I, I see him in these scenes. Like, I can see him doing this role. I don't know, though. There's something that is... Kevin I mean, it, Fassbender's life. first role was in 300. Yeah. And he's kind of continued on in these comic book movies. So yeah. I would hope that it was someone more removed. But, but I don't. I mean, I just I'm thinking like just na- a name, like yeah. a, a more names. But I, I for Elijah though that oh man. I mean, you could go with like Michael B. Jordan. I mean, like, but he's he he had, too, he's, he's played young, Killmonger. Yeah. yeah, he's already played. I the think villain. he's a little too young too. Yeah, for that role. I'm I mean, trying. I feel like this is, this movie could have only come out at Marlon this time. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hart. I I do appreciate that like. He didn't spend so much time on the actual like uh, memorial mm-hmm. service, right? Yeah. Like you're kind of just with David Dunn, who's just kind of like autopiloting through life right, right now. And, and and he's matching his his suits, kind of matching the building, mm-hmm. the church right behind him. Um, the note was left on glass. Mm-hmm. And we already get more purple mm-hmm. as well inside the note. How many days of your life have you been sick? I like that. That's like, and it's the not first signed question. for anybody. It's not. What if that was the first thing I ever asked you when we met? Um, <laughs> yeah. How many times do you think, Daniel, you have been sick? Oof, in my life. Like, what's sick? Give me like a what's what is sick? Cough. Like you're you're coughing. You have a temperature. You d- just like you're feeling flushed. 
So like, would it, would, would like it, you can't go to work or you couldn't go to school. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, hundreds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm 35. And, would, and now we have the introduction. The 70s. We had the introduction of him as security. Security guard David Dunn. Security guard. And again, even his name, David Dunn, the alliteration in his name yeah. is very comic booky. Mm-hmm. Daredevil. Well, the 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 alter egos like Peter oh, Parker, sure. yeah, uh, uh, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. William Wallace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep going, Daniel. Keep going. Uh, uh, well, William Wallace is from Braveheart. So oh. <laughs> <a comic> book <laughs> character. So I've already failed. Yes. Brock Brockington. <laughs> what is this computer this lady's working on? Uh, it is a. 1987 Macintosh. There we go. That's that's a lie. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm assume a Dell. I, th- I think this uh, college Dell facility needs to update their <laughs> their software. I'll tell him you came by. So the first screen poncho shot, mm-hmm. uh, part of his work outfit. Again, taking a lot of modern stuff and making it superheroish. Yeah, like, like you never would have. Like I can't imagine the costume designer uh, being given this. Like okay, it's a superhero film. But it's not. But you have to make him look like a superhero in a poncho. Mm-hmm. I remember wanting a poncho so badly after this movie. So, uh, uh, funny. So he looks like the superhero, the Spectre, who also has a green poncho-like mm-hmm. hooded outfit, and the Spectre is there to punish the wicked, and he has a lot of of the same powers that David Dunn has. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also another fun fact is Elijah, the biblical character Elijah was brought to the earth to prepare the way for his son, David. Oh. Dang. Which Elijah does. He prepares the See, way. See, like, I have David. not read the Bible whatsoever. <laughs> this is not a religious uh, podcast by any means. So I'm just going to start But quoting. my last name is Lutheran, folks, and I've never read the Bible. <laughs> I've read the Bible, like, not the whole thing, because there's a lot of boring parts to it. Yeah. Like, First Kings, no thank you. Mm-hmm. It's just a list of people. This guy begot this guy. This girl begot this guy. Mm. No thank you. Now we have the first uh, scene just between uh, Bruce Willis and Robin Wright. Well, this is him like starting to question. To question it. Now, uh, Julianne Moore was originally up for this role. Mm-hmm. She went for it for Hannibal. Yeah, she yeah she instead went and did Hannibal. Now, this move of this movie, I will say the only critique that I really have of it is her character. Really? What about it? Uh, there, I don't know. There's it feels like there's something lacking in that in this character. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about her. Like her whole life has been kind of dependent on this, this guy kind of saving her mm-hmm. a little bit like it, but I do feel like it is a real relationship in that, like, you know, so many college or high school sweethearts kind of start off with like, Oh, because they did that one thing for me. Now I feel like we need to be together for the rest of our lives. All right, right. Absolutely. And, and this is kind of the relationship very much at its end. So now Michael, this is the third movie. Uh, let me make sure. This is the fourth movie that Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson have done together. Yes. Can you name the other three movies? Uh, that would be Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. Um, that would be, uh, gosh, Weapon. Loaded Weapon. Keep going. There's, uh, there's a little extra to and it. Loaded at Weapon. Lo- weapon 2? 1? One? Yep. Okay. And then, gosh, what's the there's other There's a big movie? one. I know. Why is it? We've even talked about the director of that movie already. Oh my gosh, did we really? What is it? 
Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction. Duh. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Which, do they have any scenes together? No, they don't. I don't, don't think their, their storylines cross. I think, well, I think at one point, I think he's leaving when they're coming into the bar. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, I think that's the only time I think they cross. Yeah. If I remember correctly. But going back to this uh, previous scene with Robin yeah. Wright, um, you know, I just. And you see him in the TV glass? Yes. We see him in the reflection of the West TV. West Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'm currently watching the final season of House of Cards, Mm -hmm. and it's so like Robin Wright is just owning this final season. And it's so interesting then to go and watch this movie where she's so subdued subdued in a way. Um, Oh, man. It's true. Like the majority of your first interactions with Elijah are through glass. Mm -hmm. Every every time you see him for the first time at a different age, he's Mm -hmm. in glass. And one of the things, uh, if you look a lot of times uh, in the shots, uh, Emmett Shyamalan tries to find ways to frame the shots in a comic book frame. Yeah. So it'll you either have like a door stop or you'll have something on either side yeah. to really frame out the shot. And kind of with Elijah right now, even the reflection is slightly skewed. Like mm-hmm. the, notice how the mother's kind of curved. So like you're already if you know that he's the villain, he's already starting to get like a skewed look at life. Mm -hmm. And again, the idea of him being broken Mm -hmm. and you almost have both characters are broken, Mm -hmm. but one of them is able to kind of put himself back together where the other one stays broken. Mm -hmm. I love the mom in, in this movie because she is written with this great, like strength um, where you, she tells him like you have to be strong, like you can't let this. Yeah, well, you're you. you're a parent, right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of the advice that she gives, like you can't um, let these bullies, mm-hmm. you know, keep you down. Yeah, and again, a- another idea that I read was about him being broken, and the whole idea of like the broken equality system mm-hmm. and racial, you know, how that that he lives in a broken system already. Yeah, and so he's broken coming from a broken system. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and right now, uh, it just said, like, what, ni- we're in 1973. Mm-hmm. And so this is also another great thing of, like, we're constantly going back and forth, doing some time jumps. Yeah. Uh, and in this, whenever we jump back to Elijah, the tone, I feel like, of the of the shots are a lot brighter. Mm-hmm. Whereas whenever we go back to David Dunn, everything's kind of cast in this, like, blue overtone. Yeah. And yeah, everything is almost like brighter. Everything yeah. is Every- sunnier a little bit mm-hmm. when you see Elijah. More more colorful. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> so as he's opening this, so I've never noticed this ever mm. that this does not say Action Comics. Oh. Which it looks just like the logo. Yeah. It says Active Comics. Oh, I've never realized that. Well, of course, because someone uh, pointed out because I'm sure that was Action Comics is Warner uh, would be DC DC. Comics. So, but I never, I always thought they just got DC to let them use it. But if you look after he turns, oh my gosh, it says Active. Also, one of my favorite shots. Yes, turning, turning, and literally his world is getting turned upside down Mm -hmm. right now with the introduction Mm -hmm. of comics. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Active, yeah, active comics. comics, but it's done in the style of action. And, comics. and there is David Dunn's colors in the green and the mm-hmm. yellow. And it's done kind of Superman-ish, which is active action comics first mm-hmm. uh, uh, comic book with Superman. Now, I always wondered, like, why didn't any of the other kids like 
open like take that gift i was i was wondering like why he was able to kind of keep it like, right there on that when you were a kid did you ever see like just a present like sitting there and not be like um what's going on here what's I, going on there's here, no guys? name on it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i mean somebody just forgot it i guess they decided not to come back yeah now she in these neighborhoods a lot of times you're very close real, to it. real quick yeah. now we're going back to a reflection of glass yep you see it again the first time you see adult elijah mm-hmm um, but, uh, I, I love this scene. This is one of the, does it, do you see a kid outside with blank face in a, in a row in a row? Was it like a spaceship that takes quarters? Yeah. I, I love the lines in this scene. Well, I feel like, um, already M. Night Shyamalan is also kind of like indicating towards a certain, like, you know, group of fans that aren't really fans of the actual yeah. art form yeah. right they're they're just like oh yeah i'm just gonna get it because my you know kid my likes, kid likes yeah, it yeah my kid loves drawings yeah right he's, he's already and he's already describing himself yes like the exaggerate exaggerated yeah. features this is vintage like yeah. his style is completely vintage yeah but this guy does not appreciate anything about <laughs> this work of art i'll take it wrap it up and I feel like this is also one of Samuel L. Jackson's most subdued, controlled mm-hmm. performances. It's one of my favorites of his. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really great look at the uh, for a screenwriter, the way to get to people who talk differently. Mm-hmm. David Dunn talks a little more of a middle class and he, uh, Elijah talks in a very more upper class style. Like you've made a considerably great, well, you know, wise decision. Well, right? he, he, he kind of, again, talks like a comic no, book villain. no. no. No, 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 no. You need to go now. <laughs> now this podcast will just be me, me and reading. Daniel uh, reading as the other characters. Do you see Teletubbies? Well, Teletubbies, man, again, only could have happened in 2000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tag clip to my shirt. An Asian job. Oh my I gosh. Love these lines. Oh, it's so great. Now, you saw Split. Uh, did you feel... Um, that split was consistent now knowing that it's in the same universe mm-hmm. as unbreakable. I, I forget what the, the technical term of the trilogy is now. It's like the Philadelphia train trilogy or something. I'll look, I'm going to look it up. Oh, right I didn't now. know how to name, but uh, what are your thoughts in terms of like, um, I would just, I mean, I think it's very much a color scheme wise. Yes. Cause like when you look back, there's definitely a color scheme to uh, the character and, like the different outfits the character wears and the different personalities all have a very similar color scheme. Um, but I don't remember it being really, I'd have to go back and rewatch it knowing what I know now. Cause I don't remember it being framed like a comic book uh, as much as like this movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would have to kind of go back and see if that's the case again, if I went back and, and looked because I, I just don't recall when I originally watched it, noticing that. Oh, um, so I looked up the trilogy yeah. name. It's called the East Rail 177 Trilogy in reference to the train that right. Bruce Willis is on right. at the beginning. Because the there's movie. a theory that uh, James McAvoy's parents died on that train. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, it's so hard to not like watch this movie with trying to forget what the actual story is, right? Like ne- we're watching this knowing that he's a villain and this setting is such like a, a, a villain's lair mm-hmm. in a way, just the look of it. Mm-hmm. It's very, as you said, elegant, 
Yeah. Um, he even his language kind of speaks like that of a villain. Yeah. Um, like kind of like a Lex Luthor almost. Mm-hmm. Nothing else uh, to do. Um, now his hair is based off of Frederick, Frederick Douglass, Douglass, yeah, who also has glass in his name. Oh, I did. Yeah, that does. Doug, that's Doug true. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it's a kind of a great way to, um, kind of like, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, we associate Frederick Douglass as a hero, so obviously he must be a hero or mm-hmm. or someone that we can trust, but. The, we turn to find that this character is not too trustworthy. Mm. Now there's another uh, theory oh, I'll talk about later when it gets yeah. to the part. There's, there's another Fair enough. That, Fair enough. That deals with Split and all that. But they never came. This guy, he's just so desperate to want to mm-hmm. have a hero. Mm-hmm. Someone to root for. Well, It's not that. He wants to find an equal. Yeah, he wants to find someone that's at his that he because he goes that is on his opposite side of the spectrum. He, I can't have an identity without this other person. Mm-hmm. He's like, there's got to be a purpose for me, and my only purpose has to be to go against someone opposite of me. Yeah, and that's what he's he's trying very, to find his purpose. kind of like a Joker angle mm-hmm. if you oh, think very, about he's it. Like wearing purple, yeah, he's oh, wearing purple. What? Oh, this is it. like the solved Dark it. Knight. Solved it. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, what a ripoff. <laughs> Christopher Nolan ripped oh, off Unbreakable. The purple tone of the background kind of reminds me of the trailer in mm. Split. Mm. A little bit. Yeah. If there's someone in the world that like, and I'm at one end in of the spectrum. spectrum. And honestly, after watching this movie, this made me think that superheroes could kind of be real <laughs> a little bit. Did like, you jump off a house or something? Kind of? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think it's so... Like he's such a wonderful end to this movie mm-hmm. because he does speak to our own sense of wonder. Yeah. Right. Like truly like the fact that he has a dri- like kind of the Egyptian hieroglyphics behind him, like humanity has always been obsessed with this idea of greater beings of people who are, uh, have endued powers and abilities and things like that going all the way back since time in memorial. Mm-hmm. So surely it must be based off of something real. So I love Spencer Street Williams here, the kid. Uh, I, I want to talk about him. he does such a good job in this film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like this moment right here when he's looking at his dad, he starts kind of looking him up and down and just sizing like, him up, sizing him like, I mean, could could he be right? And I and and I also love that he does a wonderful job at playing the hope of well, if my dad's a hero, mm-hmm. then maybe I'm a hero. There's a reference about apparently like the death, the way the desk lamp is with David Dunn is supposed to be like, like an idea of a halo around him. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. We're also looking through a chandelier mm-hmm. of glass of glass for someone whose bones can break so easily. He has a lot of like things that could hurt him <laughs> <laughs> around here. He has a ton of stairs in this place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I would have all those walls padded. Uh. But also in a very um, similar way to Tarantino, who's known for his long takes, I love that mm. he chooses an angle at times that is feels kind of uncomfortable. Like we're mm. so far removed from the conversation yeah. that it's kind of already we know that he's going to leave. Yeah, I feel like that's what that shot was kind of telling us was mm. that like this is over by the exit. David Dunn's already. Made it's almost decision. like it's almost like we as the audience are like we're ready to go. Like yeah. we, we don't, he's forcing us to not buy it mm-hmm. in a way. 
I love the reveal of the kid. Mm-hmm. But it's also, again, it says so much about this family dynamic. Because mm-hmm. where is where is uh, Robin Wright Penn? You know, in, in this scenario. She's probably hanging out with a guy in a rib joint who's going to be president someday. Now I want ribs. <laughs> mm. Somebody call an order's ribs. <laughs> this is a live show. Yes. He goes to find the gun. Oh no! Sorry, they went. Oh yeah, he does. I'd love to know the the the, the check off reveal of the gun. Yes, which has to come into play by the end of Act Three. Mm-hmm. Love uh, listeners, let us know when was the first time you uh, first watched this movie. If or you if have, it, if you if you, have, if if you haven't, then I'm sorry for all the spoilers. We <laughs> we should probably insert like a, a spoiler, spoiler warning yeah. at the very now, top. If you if you haven't watched this and you're watching maybe with us with us for the first time. Uh, which I highly suggest you don't watch the movie by yourself and then watch it with us. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, especially now that it's, you know, 18 years late, like yeah. what, you know, do you, does it hold up for you in the modern idea of storytelling? It's, it's also so hard to, cause I do feel like there is something to like audiences have been asking for a sequel to this movie for so long mm-hmm. that to people now who didn't know about unbreakable, but who saw split and like now we're watching unbreakable and are going to mm-hmm. see glass. It's like, Oh, it, it was expected to be a trilogy. Right. But it's so cool well, knowing like if you could have watched this movie without right. knowing any of that, well, it makes the, the impact of that scene in split. Well, you so know, much I, more powerful. With split, I like, I knew there was a connection to unbreakable cause I had heard about that already, but I didn't know what it was. I yeah. didn't know like what the connection was. and I, or that like it was leading to a third film, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So like watching it, I still got like super stoked when I saw David Dunn. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And is. when the, when the lady's like, what was that other guy's name? And he's like, Mr. Glass. I was like, yes. There we go. Uh, but I'm curious, someone watching this now for the first time in a world of superhero films galore, <laughs> where we've had them for almost 18 years now, even more ramped up in the last, you know, three, three or you know, four or five years. Does it hold up for you as a superhero film? I mean, not you, but does it hold up as a superhero film? Does it stand out as a superhero film or because of all these crazy action CGI blockbusters, Mm -hmm. is it a letdown? Well, cause we just watched uh, the scene of him in the closet and he's going through the newspaper clippings Mm -hmm. and stuff. That's such a simple way of showing what this man's backstory is. You get the idea of like, he was a college, amazing uh, college athlete. He was in a car accident and he was the one, uh, him and Robin Wright here were the only ones to survive. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's it. And, yeah. and his reactions to all of that, of seeing the pain of like looking back at his passive success. And clearly there's something intriguing about this car accident. Yeah. Um, I feel like if this movie were made today, we would have watched this flashback already. Yeah. At I, least a version of this I flashback. Think the, I think the car scene would have been the opening. Yes. Yes. Well, and I feel like, you know, I'm I'm going to go to Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. Dawn of Justice, where in the opening credits, they just go through Batman's uh, backstory right. in a way. And I feel like we've seen it so many times. It's so nice to kind of just like, no, we're not going to go back. And I think that's what was refreshing about like Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. was they didn't do an origin story. He was already Spider-Man. Oh, he was? Okay. I yeah. still haven't oh, seen yeah. it. He's already, there's no, or he just kind of. I think he just mentions it briefly to one person what mm-hmm. happened, but it's not, it's not even like a full story. It's just like, Oh, so that's what happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like you don't, you don't, because people know 
you everyone knows Kalel is from Krypton. Everyone knows Peter Parker. Unless they're going to change it up. Yeah. There's no reason to show it again. Uh, real quick, just want to go back to the scene that was just playing with yeah. Robin Wright. Give her a good moment. Oh, my gosh. Moment. What an amazing yeah. acting performance. Of like Again, she never once says, I've cheated on you or right. I've thought about being with anyone else. Do you feel like when you were watching this, if you can remember, did you go, Elijah's the bad guy? No. But but then you look back and go, how did how, I not how know? How did I not know? Like, how did I not know he was a bad guy? I mean, like, if you kind of even think of, like, anime yeah. or whatever, like, he's dressed up as this, like, foreboding character with the long trench coat. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this is post-Columbine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, because Columbine was 1999, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, he's wearing a trench coat. Um, you know, he keeps himself distant from other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this shot. And again, the, focusing on security. Yeah, this is that first time you get that he brushes past him. And also, such, what a nice, like, minimalist kind of superpower. Yeah. It's just like he has this sense that someone's done something very bad. It's like the, a spider sense. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. And then he has... Well, well, no, it's not even... He doesn't... Like, this... Like what, But this is different because he doesn't see what he's done. He sees what he has on him. Yes. Um, But it's also interesting that, like, casting... Bruce Willis in this role kind of reminds me of him being cast in uh, Die Hard. Mm -hmm. He has kind of built the career of being the unexpected hero. Like no one would ever look at Bruce Willis and think, oh, you could be a superhero. Like he's just an ordinary looking guy. Yeah, which makes him perfect. Which makes him perfect for this. I mean, he and that was unheard of when Die Hard happened because you had the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone's playing the action hero. And here he was, this normal looking guy playing a cop. Yeah. But again, and I love everyone else has very muted red, green, tan tones. Mm-hmm. And so it makes uh, uh, you mean green Jackson. tones huh? or, or you mean red and green tones as a red, yellow. Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Green tones. Um, Samuel Jackson stands out. Yeah. In all of them because mm-hmm. of how he's dressed. But again, it's it just uh, I love this movie. Because of how subtle it is and mm-hmm. how it is this every man mm-hmm. gets to be a superhero. And and it really, yeah, and it is. Like if mm-hmm. this were, you know, Philadelphia, 2000, yeah. Yeah. real world. Yeah. And if someone had a special ability, it wouldn't stand out. Mm-hmm. It would just be like a heightened sense. Yeah. How did we not know he was the bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> it just well, because I think, watch this. well, I think if you're watching this the first time, mm-hmm. what you're really focusing on is, wow, this guy's very helpful. He is the Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. He is the guy that's saying you can be the, this wonderful, amazing person. Right. And I think that again, that's why like they put him in a wheelchair is to continue that motif of he's in a wheelchair. He's the mentor. He's the leader. Mm-hmm. He's building a justice league. Yeah. Well, and um, you know, as we look back on that comic book cover of mm-hmm. the, uh, I forget the name of the superhero that they give that know, yeah. person, but like he's going up against the soldier arch villain. Yeah. You know, so I think we're expecting some big baddie to come he's going along against the beast. He's going up against the beast. Exactly. Never even, oh my God. This movie guys, you so heard it here. Many layers. You heard it here. So many layers. I think you mentioned Philadelphia again, being a, a trope. Yes. And, and, and Night Shyamalan movies. Done. You're done. Even this right here, just it's comic book. It's yeah. such a it's a but, comic but book. But it's also shot. again like the cinematographer is kind of telling us like 
David Dunn's getting farther and farther removed from this conversation. He's yeah. going to leave. Yeah. Was anybody else in that room? <laughs> Where does she live? Where do you live? And again, it's framed. You have the posts mm-hmm. on each side, and so you have a very framed shot. Ooh, and now here we go with the like awesome glass mobile. Yeah, it's all padded. Mm-hmm. I this comic book store must be doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a. It's not even a. It's like an art. Studio, it's right? an art. Yeah, it's uh, a comic yeah. art 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 studio or a high end comic book store. Mm-hmm. I guess. Now, if you think about it, like again, a glass cane. Not the most practical. <laughs> like if you I mean, if you have I mean how sturdy it is. I mean I guess, but like if you whack it too hard against something, yeah, it's yeah. gonna break. And again, if this were a twenty eighteen superhero movie, mm-hmm. there would be an elaborate maybe car chase that yeah. happens, mm-hmm. um, a lot of flashiness. No, this is just a guy who has a hard time walking, trying to pursue someone. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the drama. Yeah. I'm wondering, and I, I'm just throwing this out there. I, I don't. I'm trying to say this in the best way possible. I'm not going to say. It. Never mind. I'm not going to say. It. Just cut this out. <laughs> Future Michael, when you're editing, cut that. I out. will cut it. Cut that out. And then I love this shot. Just like. Like no one thinks like that. Like no it's, one it's has, very, unless you have this disease, would ever stop at stairs, look down and go, oh crap. Well, it's very Hitchcock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Of the, all of a sudden the sudden zoom out of showing the mm-hmm. amount of space that is between quote unquote, the hero and what they're chasing. Right. Kind of remind, what's that? Uh, Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, with Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this scene, cause it's, oh gosh, oh. when he falls. And you hear all the bones breaking. Yep. That I remember when I first watched this movie, I had to look away from the screen during this scene. It's just, even the, the subtitles, bones cracking. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can hear it. Mm-hmm. And I will say, that's when the glass cane become, comes in great effect. The shot right here, just when his eyes get bigger because he sees the guy as the guy's running. And the reveal. And that makes it all worth it yeah. for him. You can almost see a smile on his face as he passes out. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and again, David Dunn taking the bus. Mm-hmm. Just another normal guy. Guy looks like Stanley a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's uh, have a great uh, moment for Mr. Stanley, who just silence. recently passed at the time of this recording. Moment of silence for Stanley. It's all green, all muted, mm-hmm. tan colors. Oh, and little uh, Joseph Dunn wearing very similar color tones to his dad with the red and green. Mm-hmm. I love this thing of like, you know what? I bet you can take him. Yeah, because I mean, you can't be hurt. Can't, or, I can't wait till the day of like we start hearing like Nolan kind of like <laughs> bragging about you or Angie. Please, please don't, Nolan. <laughs> oh yeah, my dad can beat up your dad. <laughs> don't ever do that, Nolan, because I can't. I can't do it. 
trying to think of other movies that were of like a specific genre that maybe you didn't get a sense of it while you were watching until like the reveal. I mean, obviously six sense. Those most of them, that Shyamalan's movies. Yeah. Um, trying to think what a, a good a movie would be that I'd have to think about that for a second. Um, do you have anything off the top of your head? Off the top of my head. I mean, I kind of feel like Road to Perdition, while it's set in like the Great Depression, very much plays like a classic Western. Yeah, but it's not. But I way. think but that's not a yeah. like. It's, but that's it, but that's it is it's what not. It is. Yeah, it is what it is. It's it doesn't not, like change. It's not like kind of trying to hide it. Yeah, it doesn't change to something else. Um. Huh. I I think any anyone who's ever worked out ever and have seen this film, like this is the scene I always think of when I go to the gym. I'm like, I could do it. I could do it. <laughs> Let's put all the paint cans. <laughs> all, all of the 45 pound weights, all the weights, just get them on the bar. How much did you take off? I didn't. And this kid's really irresponsible. Oh, this kid's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> like this kid could have killed his dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what you don't see are like the tests he's trying to do, like with his mom, maybe. Like, yeah. is he is, while she's working out, is he trying to stack on weights as well? <laughs> I wish they showed Robin Wright Penn out here bench pressing. Yeah. Now, my favorite uh, part is like when the camera starts going down with him mm. each time he presses yeah. uh, with the weight. Ooh. Ooh. Look at Bruce Willis here lifting the weight. He a man. <laughs> push it the weight. Push it the weight. That's a, that's terrible though. You have a terrible spotter who would not be able to save you at all. Yeah. <laughs> How much did you take off? I didn't. This kid's face. I love it. Yep. I lied. <laughs> and again, though, like, you know, Incredibles you see Mr. Incredible lifting like trains mm-hmm. or whatever as a workout. This is just like, we're in a basement. Yeah. And it, on the, you know, crazy part of it, like there are people that can lift more weight than he ultimately ends up lifting and stuff, but it's just so it's extraordinary is what it is. It's, 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 it's in the realm of possibility, right? but it's, Got this tinge of right. like spec- spectacle to well, it. I, I love the the kid goes. Let's add. More, let's put more on. And David Jensen's like, okay, okay, let's, let's go, bro. And I think I think now you would see a whole like montage of him doing things. Like, yeah, like trying to see pushing how, like, cars, pushing. Yeah, like pushing. This is a subtle, subtle way, and you see him like trying to lift a, a truck, and then maybe trying to yeah, how or, much sand or pulling more. like a Steve Rogers, like going at a punching bag, and then like Busting when he punches it, yeah. but busts it. There open. would have been a whole like montage yeah. of stuff. We're here, it's just subtle, just this moment. Yeah. But again, I think that works because it's the slow relax. Because this whole movie is a first act. It's the origin. It is. It's the him def- discovering his abilities, what he can do. Instead of the montage, it's over the whole film. Yeah, of really figuring out who he is. I like that. That the more weight he adds, <laughs> he the kid gets back further, further back. Away. Like why? Why? If you're in a scenario where you need to pull him, like yeah. he needs to help you in any way, yeah. he needs to be close. Yeah. Like, what do you think is gonna happen if you're close? <laughs> like, one of the bait weights are gonna fly off and smack you in the face. That's not how weights work. Here we go. One of my favorite. <laughs> 
more uh, of my ca- favorite camera angles. No, he's also lifting the cameraman and the and the, and and the, the equipment and the, the jib and all that stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. It stays here. It doesn't go back up with yeah. him on this one. It just stays on his face. Do you think we're going to get way, one of these scenes in glass? This is my favorite shot. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> yep. I love it. <laughs> um, I don't think we'll get one of these in scenes in glass just because he already knows who he That's is. That's true. In that, in that but movie. like, I just want to see like old man Bruce Willis <laughs> like lifting even more. Now he's on the stairs for some reason. Like he's ready to run. Yeah. Put some paint cans. This film brought to you by Duron Ultra. Why do you have that many open, like non-open paint cans in your house? They paint a lot of green and yellow in this house. But they're not open. They're like, yeah, that's <laughs> watch this. I'm gonna say the lines. Yep. As we go. Okay. How much is it, Dad? A million. 350 Again, pounds. not an out-of-this-world no. idea, but for a man, his size and stature... And age. Yeah, it's probably unquote. a little bit of... And, and as easily as he can do... Like, he's not... And then, you know, and then we go from a scene in which so much strength was just shown. Right. We're now with back to Elijah... While a doctor is yeah. just like listing off all of the everything broken he's bones. broken, yeah, they come in Mr. Glass. Who does the kids again? A broken man, he's mm-hmm. psychological. You see a little of his psychosis here. Oh, and it's interesting that his last name's Price, like because he pays a price throughout this entire film in a way. I don't think he pays a price, I think other people, other pay people a price. do pay a price, but like he's willing to pay the price, like he's willing yeah, to kill people, yeah, he's willing he's, to go, yeah, through he's willing really to pay the like the spirit, yeah, the moral price, yeah. And again, we're going through glass. And again, she's she's, she's, ha- be she just happens to see him. Yeah. Um, I feel like I- a lot would have had to have happened in order. Like, I need to go to this facility at, <laughs> at this, this time. time. Did he? But he says his wife's name. Yeah. So he probably looked her up. That's true. Yeah. Um, With what though? Google wasn't really that effective. So you, yeah. there's still ways of finding. He's That's a guy that'll true. find out how. Yeah, he'll find ways. If he's gonna blow up planes and trains, he'll find a way to do mm-hmm. that. Um, one of the things I like in, in that weightlifting scene is it seems the more he does it, the easier it becomes. Because like yes. the first time, realization, it's a struggle. But even like that second, time, he's lifting them almost just as easy, if not easier. As the more weights, put it's on. the more he embraces his strength, the easier yeah, it yeah, actually yeah, becomes. Yeah. He doesn't fight it as much. Mm-hmm. There's the wheelchair. I wish that his wiggles would be more of an X. <laughs> <laughs> and how many superhero films has uh, Samuel L. Jackson been in? He, here, uh, Star Nick, Wars, if you consider Star Wars a yeah, superhero film. Nick Fury. Nick Fury, which just uh, like a few years. Incredibles. Incredibles, yep. Yeah. Uh, just a few years before this movie, um, Nick Fury, the comic book character, was re-visioned uh, uh, to look like Samuel Jackson. Really? Before he was ever even cast in the films. <laughs> That's got to be an honor, right? Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine, like, 
you know, later on someone like at DC or Marvel being like, hey, Daniel, you know, we love Hollywood Hustle so much. We designed this character <laughs> to look totally like you. That'd be, oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. What character? Pepper yes. Potts. What? <laughs> but like, I think there's a shot later on where he's under like a few Marvel comics and one of them is Nick Fury mm-hmm. and it looks just like him. I think an interesting thing about her character is like she just said, uh, she doesn't like having violence in her life. And yet she's with the guy who works security. I like that. She's wearing all the colors. She has purple. Yeah. She has green and she has blue. Yeah. And red. Yeah. Bring it all together. Bring it all together. Now, um, you mentioned anime. Yes. Earlier. Um, something that's interesting in this scene uh, we're back at the football. We're stadium. back at the football stadium, um, which I'll show you here in a second. There's kind of an anime, anime trope. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm just look, looking up some trivia. Uh, completely different title in Portugal and most Spanish-speaking countries. It has somewhat of the adequate title, "The Protected." In Brazil, however, it is "Closed Body." Oh, what is that? Like the the movie, the title "Unbreakable" oh. translated in other Spanish companies as oh. "The Protected." Or oh, close the first body. time he kind of stands in the middle of just the mm-hmm. crowd and lets people touch him. And then, oh. and look at her, the, now we're starting to see more pops of color, the pink. Right. So that mom and the mom and son, remember I told you, Laura, I was going to tell you something else. Yeah. There's also a theory that that's Kevin Crumb. Oh. And that dealing with abuse and stuff like that. Cause you well, see, then his parents here's m- the child abuse. Might but, not they, have... but then that means he didn't, they didn't die. Unless, unless that's foster parents. That's foster like parents. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that's a there's a theory that that's Kevin Crumb also, but I know the original theory was that his parents died in the plane crash, which or uh, uh, or either one of the uh, things that he caused, mm. whether it's the train crash or something else. Which I'm wondering if they do give a little of that backstory in the the new film. I kind of hope so. Now, well, now that the floodgates are open, that split is yeah, in this just universe. To it all together. Let's get a bit more of his backstory. Let's connect it. Well, and we can get that by them being set in the hospital right. facility well you see aaron taylor joy come mm-hmm. back and so i think and there's it seems like the scene in the trailer between them is her getting a sense of who he is more sure what she even got because she in the you know split she gets kevin to come out mm-hmm. she's kind of the key mm-hmm. now here we go this is m night Shyamalan making uh his his, his, his cameo trope uh, cameo again very hitchcock mm-hmm. um a lot of people, like at, especially in the 2000s, compared M. Night Shyamalan to Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. And not only his style, but um, so, just the, the things that he would do in his so movies. This is kind of an anime trope. You see like the gleam in his glasses. Mm-hmm. There's an anime trope that villains always have a little gleam in their glasses. In their glasses. And obviously he made an anime yeah. live action film that was not well received no it 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 was contested <laughs> i have not watched it and I've, many I've, of my friends i've never really seen the cartoon yeah but ba- that it's based on avatar mm-hmm. uh, the, the last era i know uh, netflix i think is working on a live action mm-hmm. series and a live action cowboy bebop mm-hmm. which is another anime series. but and that's an interesting thing of like i felt like the industry like really lifted up m night Shyamalan, and he did get to this point where i don't know whether it's him running out of ideas or just a director trying new things, right. whether they work or whether they don't work, and he w- he wasn't making films for quite a long yeah, time. He took a break, and 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 Split was really his first like 
huzzah comeback. Yeah, because he he had produced some movies. There was yeah. The Devil yeah, yeah, that he, takes place in the he elevator. Produced a few like horror films and stuff like that. But that the Split was really his first like I'm back. Well, well, uh, no, wasn't it? There was the movie the scary movie about like going to the grandma's visitors, house that that visitors. was after split. that oh that was after split mm-hmm. okay and uh both movies sure split. uh i'll double check on this but both movies are produced by blumhouse productions yep. which also produced conjuring mm-hmm. and insidious yep. you two, know two films were very well versed in yes so i want to ask you a question about that scene mm-hmm. why do you think they put that scene in because he doesn't find the drugs and he has to let the guy go and he kind of walks away and stops and turns back and looks at the guy. Why do you think they? Why do you think they added put that where he doesn't find the drugs? Because I think this is starting to show him exploring his power. Well, yes, and, and well, but also like starting the search, starting to kind of not to be the, like the Batman, but trying to start acting as the hero. To like be proactive. he's now seeking right. out people. But why do you think they have him not find the drugs? Well, because I think he realizes in the in the flashback he's mm-hmm. wearing something completely different, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's very possible now this is a completely different day. Oh, is, oh okay. Because okay. he's wearing two different outfits. Right, right. Oh, so he's but now you're starting. But we're also now starting to see the range of his powers. Right. He, so now he's like, seeing a different day. Just within the first few instances, like he saw a mother yelling at her kid, right. which probably which looked like it just happened from the behavior of the kid. Right. Right. And then he saw something else which sounded like a little bit more recent and then right. this is like this could have been right. weeks i didn't know i didn't ago. notice the jacket being different and that's probably why he turns back around and looks at the guy because he probably realizes the jacket's different yeah I never, I never i don't think i ever picked up on that but i think the key is is that this is him now finally starting to test his abilities well he, no no the, i know the whole idea of the scene is him yeah. testing his abilities my my main thing was why didn't he find why did they have him not find the drugs yeah because i never picked up on him not wearing the same jacket yeah i never yeah, noticed he's, that he's wearing a completely different outfit that, so the idea of him seeing the like you said the extent of his powers mm-hmm. being a different day i love this whole scene now again water uh, uh, is another staple. Yeah, now we're, we're introduced Shaman. to his uh, kryptonite. Right, which is a staple of M. Night Shyamalan where water is a kryptonite to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> which I wonder, does M. Night Shyamalan hate swimming? <laughs> like, yeah. is he, does he not like water? Which is why he wears the poncho mm-hmm. just to protect him from the water. Okay. What a weird way to say that. Are you still phobic of water? What a weird way to ask somebody something like that. I do not did not like um hey, water. Uh, Michael, are you still phobic of spiders? Gosh, I don't like it, okay? Just back off. Oh, so The Visit came out in 2015. So The Visit was M. Night Shyamalan's first film back after a while um, because Split came out in 2016. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because it came out in December 2016, right? Something like that? Yeah. Uh, the Visit came out in September 11th, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, takes place in a pennsylvania uh pennsylvania farm country mm-hmm. no, uh, it's close to philadelphia close to philadelphia <laughs> but all of his movies take place in like pennsylvania yeah, yeah. Um, when did split come out split came out in 2016 yeah uh november right this came out january oh january 2017 oh okay so uh and glass is going to be coming out in january, january 2019, 2019. And this came out in November of <gasps> 2000. Ah, <laughs> uh, this scene. Okay, so this scene right here is interesting. Do you know what the scene is based off of? Um, I did read. I, I did read the trivia yeah. on this one. So this scene is, is 
uh, based off a story that the uh, George Reeves, who was the first TV series Superman, mm-hmm. um, no relation to Christopher ba- Reeves. Back just, in like the 1940s Yeah, back in 50s. the 1950s, 60s. Um, that on set one day, a kid who was visiting the set to see Superman uh, pulled a gun on him because he wanted to see he wanted to see him be a bulletproof because he truly believed George Reeves was, was Superman. Superman. And George Reeves was able to get him to put the gun down by telling him, you know, it won't hurt me, but the bullet will ricochet and it could hurt somebody else. And so that's where this the idea for this scene was uh, yeah. formed. But it, and it's just played so truthfully, mm-hmm. like, and the tension's there. Like you're like he's gonna shoot his dad. Yeah. Oh my god! And again, the the idea that Chekhov mm-hmm. that the gun was introduced, and now, now here used. it is. And what a well color coordinated family, just like the green, the reds. And again, we're getting like the backstory of him being injured in college, being brought up again, right. like creating more mystery and doubt right. about that history, about that story. And I think even again, what's great is that the, you know the, with this coming out um, at a time where there weren't a lot of superhero films, superhero comic books were almost at this low point at this time, weren't as popular as they are even now. Yeah, uh, because of the films um, that you you as an audience member forget the idea of a kryptonite. Yes. Or a weakness, and so you're like, oh, well, he is he like mm-hmm. you? You too can doubt it now. Yeah, and then when later when Elijah goes, you know, is there anything else that you you know you've never been sick, but you know maybe that's your kryptonite, and mm-hmm. he brings it up, and you're like, duh, there we go, there we go. Now also, this was it's such a shocking scene because how many scenes do you see of a child holding, holding a, a gun. gun against their parents? Yeah. Though I do love the kid is almost dressed like uh, Tim Roth's character in Pulp Fiction, with like almost like a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a tense scene! They play it all, play it so well. Mm-hmm. Like this shot right here. Well, is and, and 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 it happens just as like. Um, like, David Dunn and Audrey are starting to kind of rekindle their relationship again. Like you just saw them, they were doing the dishes together. They were chatting. Yeah. Well, like the, I like the mom and the son are both wearing red. Yeah. And then they each have a different color over that red. Yeah. And then you have David who's still in his green. And now here's a great scene where mm-hmm. like, if you're looking at the artwork behind them, you know, this kind of looming shadow over the, the hero Mm-hmm. And Bruce Willis at this point feels like he's backed up in a corner. Yeah. His kid literally almost shot him over mm-hmm. this kind of story mm-hmm. that's been looming over him. Well, also like he was kind of in a corner mm-hmm. area when his son had the gun on him. Yeah. too. Oh man, this line, I kind of sometimes say to myself uh, every other day, Sometimes you're not doing what you, I think you're not what, doing. Yeah, I think I know the reason to your sadness, It you know, because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Or is it stop messing with my life, Elijah? <laughs> Stopping with my, stop messing with my life, Elijah. And then people Gosh. are like, Michael, what's wrong? Who's Elijah? Who are yeah. you talking to? Oh, but I mean, I do think that line made a lasting impression on me. Yeah. I mean, this is, the, I mean, if you look at it in the sense of someone de- denying who they were born to be, mm-hmm. you know? Um, someone you know to to help people to mm-hmm. save people, and then embracing that. And I think that what makes what's done well about the pacing of this film 
is that in a little bit when he does go into that train station, there's this excitement of he's embracing it and yeah. it's exciting. I like how this sign just keeps tracking over. Yeah. And even his jacket that he was wearing, like blended into the walls mm-hmm. a little bit. Like yeah. he's trying to mask it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this Listen. great scene. Now I feel like, Jack Black could have been playing oh, this character. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, man. Gotta get gotta get the grub on. <laughs> that line, man. Yeah. Every time. But I think when he's sitting here, I think there's like a Nick Fury. Well, there's Daredevil for book. sure. Yeah, Daredevil, Spider Punisher, and Punisher. All Marvel. Wonder what the what it cost. Uh, you see more Punishers over on the right. Mm-hmm. Again, it's framed. You have yeah, and now we have the reintroduction of the, this yeah the security man or what whoever the superhero <laughs> or the the sent sentinel or I don't know what they call him. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, that's right. They do have a babysitter, right? Yeah, yeah. I do love this idea that. You almost have two starts. The start of him being this hero and this like rebirth of their relationship. relationship. Yeah. Well, because that's that's what's nice about this film as well. It's like it really is about this. It's about this man trying to reconnect yeah. with himself right. a little bit. And he starts off at the film so disconnected from who he is, what his passions are, mm-hmm. and the people around him. Like him and his son don't even have that much of a relationship. Right. Well, it's, it's, again, it's, it goes back to I think that embracing what you're meant to do or what you love to do or what your your body, your your soul pushes you to do. And the more you don't embrace that, yeah, the your your whole just being is is off balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a childish move. This whole yeah. scene. It's so childish. Dude, you know you could break more bones by doing this, right? He doesn't care. Yeah. He's broken. I don't like what, like 14 bones already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, Spider-Man inflatable. Yeah. I'm calling (laughs) (laughs) 5-0. I want to ask, somebody in Philadelphia, Grace Gordon, if you're listening, do y'all say that in Philadelphia? Or Trevor Algott. (laughs) Yeah, do you guys say that in Philadelphia? I'm calling 5-0. Instead of the police. There's Thor mm-hmm. right there. They must have only gotten permission for like a certain, because they only really have like Punisher, Spider-Man, Daredevil. And it's Thor. all, yeah, it's and all like Marvel. And Touchstone Pictures is a Disney. Was is was it Disney, Disney then though? Yeah. Was it Disney? Touchstone is Disney, but for like adult, adult films. Okay. So Century Man. Century Man. Was it, which a century is a guard. Yeah. So, <laughs> How much for this one? Yeah. But I mean, I'm trying to think of like another superhero film in in recent memory that has focused so much on the human side of the hero that spends as much time as this film does focusing on like the other I mean human I would aspects. Say almost Superman returns. Does in a lot of ways because it deals with the pressures of being Superman and also trying to have your own life. I also maybe Dark Knight Mm -hmm. spends a lot of time of like because Batman even or Bruce Wayne weighs not being Batman anymore for the sake of being with Rachel. Rachel, Yeah, 
Um, in the sense of just character, like I, I think uh, Winter Soldier does a great job mm. of really just being more about character with the action in it. Yeah, I feel like Steve Rogers out of all the Marvel films mm-hmm. is the best example of like a character who ke- keeps making the choice to continue being a hero. Yeah. As regardless com- of the cost. He never compromises. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, it's like such a this movie's about these two people coming back together and reconnecting. Yeah, and the colors in the background. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know, all these extras that you're seeing in this screen, they're not actually speaking while nope. they're making this movie. Nope. They're they're all related to Kevin Crumb, though. <laughs> yes, they that's are. A, that's another theory. Yeah. <laughs> they're all related to him. Watermelon. Watermelon cucumber. Watermelon and cucumber. <laughs> Uh, peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Sometimes phrases that you say when you're just miming yeah. a conversation. Peas and carrots. <laughs> they do a good job though, because like there's a girl like over here, like that's kind of flirting with the guy mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's really uh, some really good background acting. No, yeah, some and everyone's extra. moving, whereas these two are just so, so still. still. And I wonder if that was. An, uh, I'm, I'm sure that was a specific. I want you all to kind of be motion in motion a little. In bit. motion, having a, f- a good be, fun. Be time. very active. Yeah. In in your in your conversation. Do you resent us? Ooh, That's such a line. Yeah. This is when I, this movie is when I fell in love with Robin Wright Penn mm. or Robin Robin Wright. Wright. Was yeah. she Robin Wright Penn at this time? Though? Yeah, she was Robin yeah, Wright, Wright Penn, Penn at this Wright. time. So. Um, Look at this schmuck. Go save a people. But this is also just such a. Like this isn't even a superhero moment at this point. Like how how many times have people felt that doubt of like, oh, if I had made this other choice, right. what well, kind of life would how, I have how had? Many, how many superhero films have a date in yeah. them where they're just Anymore. like it's just a character relationship building moment? I feel like the only times you really saw were in like Spider Man. Yeah, and and and, and even yeah. then though it was like the um. These the Sam Raimi Spider Man yeah. films. Even then, they always get interrupted by something. <laughs> yeah, bad. like a building exploding yeah. or something. Oh, and now we have this sudden announcement about him getting the job in New York. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this guy's unbreakable. I'm hiring that dude. <laughs> like, you survived a freaking pl- uh, a, 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 a train, train crash. crash. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're hired. You're hired, bro. <laughs> also, I have a wrestling promotion I'd like to talk to you about. Yeah. <laughs> I have an MMA promotion I would like you to be a part of. Yeah. Huh. Who's the guy that left the message? Oh, his name's Ben Parker or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, man, that would have been awesome. Just like a, I, I talked to Ben like, the other day. He said, call, call him Uncle Ben for whatever reason. He's a weird dude. <laughs> he kept talking to me about responsibility a lot. Some guy named Uncle Ben died. I don't know. He was it was shot during a robbery. Yeah. Um, we we need more we need to amp up security. His, his grandson Peter called. But also like, you know, this scene where we finally see the saw these two like trying to rebuild their relationship, and now it has this big setback mm-hmm. that they have to face. I would be curious, just because the the tones and the way this is shot, I would be curious to talk to Christopher Nolan to see if he was inspired a little bit by this for oh, Batman Begins. Sure. Because this definitely has a lot of those tones that Batman Begins has. Yeah. Even just the real world cost of, yeah. you know, 
what having this kind of life could affect the people mm-hmm. around you. Uh, this is when he even gets his the, answering machine is green. It's when he gets the message. What would have been like though had like Elijah left multiple messages like <laughs> David, it's it's Elijah, call me back. David, why haven't you called me? It's Elijah. Just check call me, me back. make sure you weren't in the shower when I call. <laughs> <laughs> hey David, I I was just sipping a glass of water and I thought of you. Okay, bye. <laughs> Give me a call. Hey man, football game's on. You watching it? Hello. <laughs> just like super stalker. <laughs> super weird. This hey, shot. Just, uh, this this whole movie is just put together so well. Yeah, and and right here it's like obviously that this scene is about what's the message that's being mm-hmm. played. Everything else is out of focus. We're on the same curve, just on opposite ends. It's already now. This is where it gets kind of almost menacing in a way. Yeah, just by the lines are very yes. like you and I mm-hmm. were born to be enemies. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you, Michael. You hearing me, David? <laughs> <laughs> you hearing me, David? David? Football games on. <laughs> having some, having a Big Mac right now. A Big Mac? <laughs> he goes, the game's on. I got to go get me a Big, <laughs> Big Mac. <laughs> oh, my God. Please send us your messages if you would have been uh, right. Elijah Price leaving a message on uh, David Dunn's uh, I kind of forgot about this scene. Oh, this is him revisiting the, yeah, the train plane, crash. The train crash. And again, like you were saying earlier, that this could be the the connection between uh, Kevin Crumb, yeah, uh, from Split and Unbreakable. I like, I like that the Israel sign is upside down. Again, this is what kind of turned his whole life upside down. Yeah. Or this this was the event that sparked this trilogy yeah. of of films. Uh, the X. There's an X. There's I got an X. my X. It's an X Men movie. My- <laughs> Screw you, Brian Singer. <laughs> Now this is this is how Twelve Monkeys starts, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, I just remembered Twelve Monkeys. Oh, Twelve Monkeys, so good. Also starring Brad Pitt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or not starring, but he's he's in Twelve Monkeys. Yes, he has a part, but he's not in this movie. No, so it's no. Also, he's not also. Also, that's true. Not starring and not also. So also, it's directed by Terry Gilliam, who didn't direct who did, this movie. Who didn't direct? Had nothing to do with this film. Yeah. Also, Broken Glass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly an accident, so there, of course, would be broken glass. Except by David Dunn's seat. There's no yes. glass broken. So, and so it, this shot right here, is that like where mm. he believes he was sitting? I don't, I think it's him just looking into it, just yeah. seeing the destruction. And I think it's just a cool shot with like mm-hmm. the bright, that that split in the plant, the drain. Yeah. This face just... Staring at like this moment, and now, re- yeah, and now we finally finally get the. And again, I think nowadays this would have been the opening. I yes. think this would have been the cold open, and then after this, it would have gone unbreakable. Yeah, like it would. It would have started off with like him just like getting out of the game, going with Audrey, going mm-hmm. to like a party or whatever, and seeing this event take place. Now, obviously, this isn't Bruce Willis, but they, they seems like they VO'd Bruce Willis's. Yeah, but voice like they cast a really him. good actor to play yeah. young Bruce Willis. You know, ripping off a door like you do. But it's just obviously uh, the realization that he knew at that time what mm-hmm. he could do. Yeah. Now, the question is, do you think he... Because this is one of those moments of extreme uh, intensity, of, 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 of intense... Uh, your, your body is just on... 
high alert. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, do you think he just thought in his head it's a mother lifting a bus off a baby moment where it's just because of the moment, my testosterone and everything. Was no, just because amped. I would say like, cause he does a moment where he, he looks around him. He sees if there's anyone around. And once he knows that there's no one, that's when he rips the door off. See, I, I guess I look at that as him just looking for help mm. and looking to see if he's coming to help. But it could be, it could be yeah. him looking around like, is anybody going to see this? But they did pick out someone that looks a lot like this. Now, that's not Robin, right? No. <laughs> I died, but I just came back to save you. Yes. I was a ghost. ghost, ghost. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Haley Joe's, Joel Osment was there. Yeah. Now that's Cameron Crumb's father. That's, <laughs> that's his uncle. That's his uncle. If you look, it says Crumb Industries. On yes. Side. Or Crumb Auto Body. Crumb Auto Body. What if he like George Lucas this film and like went back and added something like that? Like just put a crumb sign yeah. somewhere. What 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 are your thoughts on that? Like of like filmmakers going back to their previous work and fixing it. Like Steven Spielberg to- changing the guns to walkie talkies and ET. Yeah. I don't I think I don't I don't like it. I get it, but I don't like it. I think I mean that doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't change anything. But I think also but it also cha- to me though, you change guns to walkie talkies. It changes like the stakes, sure, a little bit, you know. Uh, well, even like, of course, George Lucas is the most prominent example of like going back to the original Star Wars and mm-hmm. changing it so much yeah. um, to the point of like at the end of Return of the Jedi, you take out the yeah. old uh, the actor who originally played Anakin, yeah, to and, like Hayden uh, Christensen. Yeah, at, yeah. at that point, it's just like you're really r- trying to skew the river, right? The that this uh, story was floating. Oh, he finally tells him. Uh, you know, I, I, I've never been injured. He embraces who he is. And then I love Sam. This is, this part's not going to be like a comic book. Yeah. There's real stakes. And then the music in this scene, this is the theme. This is the unbreakable theme. Yeah. As he walks into the train station. And again, this whole movie is an origin story. This would have been the first act. Like this obviously would have been the end of a first act. Yes. Of a right of, of what this probably, I mean, this is really his first venture out as the hero now yeah. like he's wearing his cape yeah because that's what the poncho is it's essentially oh it's his yeah. it's his cape yeah well it's supposed to be, yeah it, it looks like a very capish outfit mm-hmm. but also protects him from water yeah there's some red and everybody has like a color yeah. to like help them stick out this girl you had no cameras like nobody there's no nobody else in that shop <laughs> and again Daniel, so pointing that out, like his power is expanding. He's seeing well, well beyond, beyond in yeah. the past. Which I now know, thanks to your uh, insight. Yes, there we go. There we go. And now he reaches out his hands, oh, his, yeah. his uh, evil sensors. So he can be creepily touching everyone. Yeah. It's a Shink. hypochondriac's nightmare or germaphobe's nightmare. Oh, that's so <sighs> And now that I think happened tonight because he's like wearing the same shirt. Mm. Just also just like touching on like he's still real world, yeah. you know, issues. Well, like I said, going back to that first scene, dealing with that idea mm-hmm. of of race. Ah, oh, what a creep! Mm-hmm. He's wearing green. 
Ugh. You're defaming David Dunn's colors, man. Yeah. I like this look. You think he's going to leave. And then he closes the door. Nope. Gross. And what's interesting is like, kind of to echo Spider-Man, like when you have this power, like how do you choose to wield it? Like, yeah. who do you go after? Right. And th- this young guy's now with his parents. Like, are you going to like, you <laughs> know, there, he did this. He, <laughs> hey, by the way, he did this and then walk away. Yeah. But I think it's something like he's, I think he's looking, what can he stop? Yeah. Like, what can he fix? Mm-hmm. And that he can't do anything about. There's nothing he can do about that. And now we have the introduction of, I think what Shyamalan is trying to make us feel like is the antagonist of the film, like a late villain to this story. Like this is the person that we're, he's our misdirect in a way. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Well, I don't know. I don't think in the sense of antagonist, I think this is just that first guy. This is the, the soldier villain. Yeah. The soldier he, he, he finds to save. look of terror in his face mm-hmm. this guy always plays a bad guy who is he he's a he's kind of a character actor he always plays like a he's psycho-ish bad guy i think mm. that's the guy i'm thinking of let's look up who he is again the bright colors sometimes he'll play like an fb like a, an fbi agent or like he's always he's either like the d-bag or the bad guy yeah We got the rain. But he has got that poncho. I'm trying to find That's fine. this actor. If I could remember something else he's been in, I would tell you it would make it a easier, but I can't think oh, of this actor. Chance Kelly. Yeah. This is He's also in uh, He's also House in Cards. House of Cards. Yeah. I didn't know who Chance Kelly was in this, so there you go. All right. Let me see his filmography. I like he was in American Sniper, mm. apparently. He, yeah, he he, play, he does a lot of military stuff. Helm too. one two three. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's probably a bad guy in that, or a douchebag FBI agent. And now this is such like this is laying the battleground, mm-hmm. and knowing that his weakness is water, it's raining. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this moment. It's like him putting on his mask almost. Yeah. Right, like it's Batman with a <laughs> like cowl. After this movie, Poncho cells went, <laughs> went like through the roof. They spiked, like man. they spiked hardcore. Like it's true. Like they they went up like twenty percent after this movie. I, came I out. remember. So my mom, uh, she worked for a while at a, uh, you know, growing up in our area, we had a community theater, and she worked for their costume department. I kept asking her to make me this <laughs> Poncho. <laughs> Can you imagine a yeah. kid so excited for their mom to make them a poncho? poncho. Yeah, and it's not like a Western poncho <laughs> yeah. or anything yeah. like Clint Eastwood or whatever. It's just like, you want a rain poncho? Yes, yeah. mom. But make sure the hood kind of goes a little bit over my face. Yes. But then I would ask as a father, why? 
<laughs> Why do you want to hide your face? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you planning to do with this poncho? Why are you walking around people's houses in this poncho? The fact that this guy just leaves the bodies around. Very unsettling. <laughs> like, that's got to be smelly. Like, that's yeah. got to smell terrible by now. Or, or do you think it's... It was a recent thing. Did this yeah, just happen? It probably could have happened within the first few days. Well, but then again, the mother is strapped to the she's still space alive. heater. Yeah. Well, she's no, I think she's dead. Oh, she dead. Oh. She dead. Oh, she did. She died, Mr. Coach Klein. Mm-hmm. I love this shot when he just looks upstairs. Yeah. And again, the the way the lighting hits that poncho, it really does look like a cape. Mm-hmm. And man, also just Shyamalan has such a control of the pace of this film. Mm-hmm. Like it could have easily just been like, go, 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 go. Run and punch, run and punch. Yeah, run runs punch. into the house and grabs everyone. And- but again, it shows like this is his first time. So it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how I'm going to handle this situation. I will say though, like in a fully lit room, he looks ridiculous. <laughs> She's like, hey guys, I'm going to punch uh, you. spent all their money on insane or uh, uh, comic book characters. They couldn't really get any like actual... Mm-hmm. Uh, boy bands. <laughs> oh. I'm just going to keep standing here. I like it. It's a real world scenario. It's not yeah. some big thing. It's it's not like someone trying to destroy the city. Yeah, it's, or it's a small. It's like a home invasion, uh, uh, imprisonment. Yeah. Um, a very real thing. Yeah, and it's not like a guy with an army yeah. or anything like that. And I feel like that is one of the things that's happened with current superhero movies. It's the the stakes have gotten so big mm-hmm. in a way it's it's it makes you want something like this. Well, so, you know, the, you always hear in reviews people applaud when the when, when the stakes aren't the world's going to end. Yeah, like Logan. Yeah, uh, I, I will say Logan is a great. Got, so that's a that's that's obviously we knew Logan because of Wolverine mm-hmm. being played by Hugh Jackman all these years. But that's a movie that like this shot here, by the way. Oh yeah, this like where mm-hmm. the whole thing is just through the curtain, mm-hmm. and you just see moments when the curtain moves. Because then you see the guy behind him. Yes. Oh, it's so awesome. And then I think as you, after that moment, you go into the window, don't you? Yeah. Doesn't the camera go into the window? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, it's okay. I really this this, this is my out. answer back to the question you asked me like 45 minutes ago, yeah. or that I had asked about movies that uh, kind of bend their genre or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like Logan is a great example oh. of like, it's a superhero movie, but it's a Western. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Well, it's also, it's a buddy road trip movie, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Oh. Here's the convict. Oh, gosh. Well, he's not a convict. No, he's not a convict. <laughs> I mean, he, looks he will like be. One. Yeah. He will be. His, his jumpsuit makes him look like one. Yeah. And it literally uh, just happens this in the pool. And it's, of course, raining. Yeah. I like his poncho blends into it. Yeah. It's, this face. is such a dark oh, film. Oh crap! Yeah, <laughs> it's a dark film. You wouldn't take your kids really to. You no. wouldn't take Nolan to see this, this movie. movie. This is a movie I'd show him when he was a little older. Yeah, but I wouldn't show him like now. He's no. four. I just got Logan, by the way, for Black Friday. Oh, Black Friday, so six bucks. <laughs> it also came with like the noir version. Oh which yeah, is, like the black and white, which I've I've never heard. Of, I haven't heard anything if like that actually like 
makes it like look cooler. Uh, Mad Max. Yeah, Fury does Road. It, does that enhance it in any way? Or is it just for like art snobs? Like, <laughs> just, like art snobs. That yeah. Just wanna... Now this scene just it's so makes you feel so claustrophobic and everything. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this is like, yeah, water is his kryptonite, but this could happen to anyone mm-hmm. if you don't know how to swim or anything like that. Luckily, he saved those kids before. Ah, this moment of like, when he collects himself. Oh, it's on. I like the kids standing there. Yeah. The shot is so epic. This whole this whole moment is just fantastic. And again, it's like super the Superman cape just like mm-hmm. swoosh. And it even slows it down a little bit. Yeah. See, this is unfortunately like I think the mom's passed away at this point. Mm-hmm. That is gross. Slow mo, slow mo, slow mo. The the late nineties were all about the slow mo. Oh yeah, they loved the slow mo back then. I love it. Like oh, oh like this just hits him. Like this shows how strong he is. Like he just yeah. holds on to it. Even even breaking the wall. Yeah, and just like this guy's busting his ribs yeah. and everything. And I w- I wish we could be watching this with sound because the music is just swelling oh, at yeah. this point. And it's and it's just this like almost like yeah, it is this like triumphant thing of like mm-hmm. no, this good has finally arrived. Now that's Kevin Crumb's brother. <laughs> 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 or his foster brother his or something. foster brother yeah now interesting superhero film where in which like the hero kills the bad guy does he though he could just knock no him no out. he just like broke his neck does he yeah like know. that guy's I dead he just knocked him out i think he's dead because we don't ever see him because right, you don't know the mom's dead until this moment when he unties her and she just yeah, falls over. Yeah, because she's she's hooked up next to the yeah, space heater. So she, he unties her and then she just kind of falls over. I like this because the idea like you can't save everybody. Yeah. Try try and do what you he can. Puts his cape up. There's three movies. There's three, three codes. <laughs> Where's the glass, guys? Where's the glass? <laughs> she didn't notice this entire time that she was being carried. <laughs> wakes up, man. That's not how anybody wakes up when they like that, though. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's like, huh? You would wake <laughs> oh, up like this. You're being carried. As, I mean, would, as soon as your head is like being rocked back and forth. But, but I feel like if, okay, if you're, if you were dead asleep, and even if it's me, if you wake up and I am carrying you, 
and then you're, he's carrying you, and like you but like but then your first reaction though you're waking up is what is happening yeah is the house on fire someone is carrying me yeah not it's you yes <laughs> but oh yay it's a sweet moment because mm-hmm. now he's 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 found balance he's mm-hmm. found that peace with himself I, of who and he's done something good yeah like really good well, and this is also like, because earlier he had mentioned like, you know, when did you first know or first doubt? And didn't he say like, I had a nightmare and I didn't wake you up? Mm-hmm. He just lived the nightmare. But now it's the idea of like finding peace. You you stop resisting your, 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 your purpose. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's beginning. Such- yeah and such like no not too much dialogue in this movie i feel like Mm -hmm. and now everything's resolved everything's happy everything's good they're best buddies everybody's everybody's good there's nothing the family's back together together. there's nothing wrong film's over Mm -hmm. really the kid walks the green shirt David Dunn's having a full meal this time, not just <laughs> yeah, cereal. Not just cereal. Yeah. I love this moment. I love like this was. I feel like this is something I would do, where you just slide the paper. Daniel, uh, um, you know, script by Daniel Tuttle wins Oscar. <laughs> oh yeah, hopefully <laughs> he's watching. Yeah, but like you just slowly slide it over. Yeah. Or it'd be like my movie's number one at the box office, like but, that kind of thing. You know. But here she so. Um, the mom, Audrey, she's talking about Elijah and saying, like, I don't like him. Mm. Look, I don't want him to be around here anymore. So already, like, the entire movie, she gets it. Yeah. She knows that he's not up to any good. Yeah. And yet David Dunn can't see it yet. Yeah. This film brought to you by Tropicana. <laughs> Tropicana. We save the day in the morning. <laughs> He only fills his glass half up. Is that because it, everything's glass half full now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the metaphors. There's I the glass. This, I love this shot. Just mm-hmm. And again, if this were a movie released now, you would have had all of the up. the TV media people yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about him and stuff. Yeah, yeah it would have cut to like TV stations and mm-hmm. mass vigilante, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly like that. Saved. Hero rescues two children. Parents found dead. So yes, the mom is dead. Actually, on in, um on IMDb, someone typed up that whole article in the trivia section, so you can oh, read what? what the article says. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Well, oh, isn't that what Vader tells Luke? <laughs> <laughs> Tell your sister you were right. Also, this kid is so talented. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He, and bright blue eyes. Mm-hmm. What? He has no control over that. I'm sure that I'm wondering if they did something to like smack <laughs> them pop out a little more. Why is cop, the cop Yeah, there? why is that cop just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a break from my shift and yeah. I'm just going to go to this art, art gallery. gallery. <laughs> Get a free dollar or, or something. Or is he already suspicious? Yeah. 
He's that he's the rogue cop that knows he's right, but no one else believes him. Mm-hmm. This guy's the guy we're looking for. Yes, and finally, mom's back. Mom's back. New modern mom. Johan Davies. Ooh. See the villain's eyes? They're larger than the no, like for, Again, she reiterates everything yeah. in this moment on how they see the world. Yeah, like... And, and this is like her, her kind of talking like this. You can see why Elijah mm-hmm. is shaped in the way to be to kind of be this hero's villain now. And again, the sort of setting up Split almost as the soldier villain. See, yeah, I wonder if like he wanted to do Split after this, but but Disney but something happened where it just it didn't work well, out. Over well, because like you said, the film was made for seventy five million. It only made one hundred fifty million. Well, that's that's what this is gross. I've also heard more like more money in other but places. So. I did he- remember hearing also that like it wasn't received well by critics. Hmm. Like Sixth Sense was such a big thing when it first came out that this was like people were kind of let down right. by this movie. And again, like superhero films weren't taking off at this point. Right. That's true. Cause she even mentions like the soldier villain. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is crumb. Yeah. And also like this guy that he just defeated. So yeah. He- David Dunn's feeling like he's kind of figured it all out mm-hmm. and even shaping him. He's kind of a miracle. Mm-hmm. I always found it weird though, that he like reveals all this to him. Like, yeah. At, at such like a public event. Too, yeah. Like, but I love this thing. And I love this moment because it is a moment where you realize he's never touched him. Yeah, goes, that is I guess true. It's time for us to shake hands. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh my God, he's never touched And it's him. like we're going into his lair. Yeah. And he also look, he's like he like he's kept his distance. Mm-hmm. And you even see like what's on the screens right now. I don't know what's going on. It's a weird screen. Oh, it's superhero screensaver. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like it's Spider Man. America. Is it still there? The sadness. He's so regal looking. Mm-hmm. This is where we shake hands. I love that. Because it's like, now I have to show you who I am. Yeah. And you realize, they haven't shaken hands. What's he going to see? Mm-hmm. Interesting that there was no like shot of like uh, Bruce Willis like acknowledging that. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Right. So, uh, I love this shot. Everybody gets up to go look at the plane. Mm-hmm. And he just stands there. And again, like this, the camera doesn't focus on the action; it focuses on him. on him. Yeah. I know all of his secrets. <laughs> I watched the cinema sins of this. Oh yeah, like, how many sin- sins did it rack up? Uh, I don't. I don't remember honestly. But I love one of them was about this guy. Like, what guy just offers up this information to someone? <laughs> like, yeah, you know how you can kill a ton of people at this hotel? <laughs> There's 177. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that, why would this guy not? But again, terrorism wasn't a huge no, thing at terrorism, this time. terrorism, not at this time. Or no. at least in America, like a local terrorism. Yeah. Uh, other, you know, it had been, what, how many years since Oklahoma? Yeah. And then, and, and the... Um, well, even the World Twin Tra- Towers. The first Twin Towers bombing yeah. in uh, 93? Mm-hmm. Or 94? Yeah, 93, 94. Look on his face of just like, oh, my God. 
man, this guy's just been searching for so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does an evil lair look like? <laughs> blueprints, blueprints. Lots of blueprints. Like a cruise liner, mm-hmm. uh, plane crash. And this is so interesting that this is the ending. I know. I know. Because like you, you feels... wanted to go again, like it just feels like I was like, what could you not shoot a scene of him being arrested? Because that always mm. bothered me the way this ends mm. with just this like him walking out and then this weird like epilogue, written epilogue almost. Yeah. I love Bruce Willis's reaction. Yeah. And I and, and his reaction is our reaction yeah, to this. Just the, betrayed. Yeah, because the entire time, like if you're the first time watching this, yeah. like you look at him as the mentor. Yeah, as the a guy who's helping him. And it, like just this moment of just betrayal. And, and again, pain. like the distance now is being drawn between yeah. them. Now that we know who you are. I know who I am. I know who I am. And he's so like at peace with that. Yeah. Here we go. Oh my gosh. What an amazing antagonist. Like it, it just explained for you. You're just like, how did I not realize this? Yeah. And most of the time they're, they're friends, friends like, like you and me. me and the music. You ah. know why David? Because of the kids. Yeah, the ending is so weird because it's like this would this would be the type of ending if this were a real story. Mm -hmm. Right. They call me Mr. Glass. And then he smiles. Is now at an institute for the criminally insane, and that's where we pick up. Yeah, but that's that is so, going to be where we pick but up. But such a weird, like, could you not just at least film him with the police, like just something? Like, I would have preferred the credits rolling, and then maybe the credits go to the side, and you see just a, a TV reporter saying all that. Like, just that would have been very comic. Just book. something else other than this weird written. That's the only part about this movie that bothers me. Do you, I mean, I, part of me wonders is like, was it production? Was, was it something that like, cause they, this, one of the other things about this film was that it was filmed chronologically. Was it? Yeah. Oh, they, okay. they filmed it in sequence. Oh, okay. Um, so you almost wonder like, were they running out of time? Maybe time or money. It had to be like, I can't imagine. But again, this was the first act of a movie yeah. that he extended. So I wonder if he just didn't have, <laughs> and Our, nobody's like hey that's weird can we do something else all right so like so we just watched unbreakable um let's let's talk about um final thoughts on yeah. it let's talk about uh reactions to the film what are the big things that stand out to you daniel uh from watching this i still love it, it it's it, there's you it's such a great well-paced film uh the shots are fantastic and kind of being able to look at it and talk about it um and really point them out you just you, you see them even more and appreciate them even more. Um, it stings. We couldn't, because of this, we couldn't have the music on. Cause that just adds a whole nother level to it. Mm-hmm. But the diet, like in it, but again, I think also another part of this though, because we don't have the music um, and we're, we're reading the subtitles, I'm focusing a lot more on the lines and the dialogue. Mm. And you realize now, like I said earlier, like the differences between how Elijah speaks and how David Dunn talks. And then some of just the, the, the lines in there are so just great 
mm-hmm. and 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 it's ugh, I just I love love this movie and 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 watching it again it, it doesn't get old I can mm-hmm. I could go home and rewatch this again and I would be just as entertained yeah uh going with my uh reactions to it, I I love this movie I think it truly stands out amongst all of the other superhero films maybe with the exception of the Dark Knight mm-hmm. um in terms of like really setting. Uh, a real life superhero story. Mm-hmm. I think, um, of course, music is missed, but watching it without, uh, you know, the sound on, it allowed me to just focus on the image mm-hmm. and how Shyamalan and his uh, DP did such a fantastic job at telling it just by the image. Mm-hmm. Like you can even watch it without subtitles, I feel like, and have complete understanding of who these characters are and their situations. Um, I, I think this really was a film ahead of its time. Um, I think there's probably a lot of superhero movies that have taken a little bit from Unbreakable. Like I said, Batman Begins, like when I was watching their house, it just reminded me a little bit of like some of the the the, the color tones mm-hmm. in Batman Begins. And, and it makes me also wish that the studios would follow Unbreakable's example a little bit more mm-hmm. in terms of stakes. Well, the idea of, of, of keeping it grounded in a way that's relatable. Well, not even that. Just an original superhero film. An original that's superhero film. based on anything yeah. other than his own story. It, it, and it's so wonderful. It's so wonderfully done. And I was so... It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And that why... And that when I saw Split, and to find out that it was connected to this. Now, I I will be the first to admit, I don't think Split is the perfect film. It's so... I think I, James I think McAvoy carries that film. James McAvoy certainly carries it. I think um, it is M. Night stepping into a territory that he's not... Like, maybe it's because this was... He did The Visit. Right. But this is his first bigger film. Right. And so th- there was maybe a lot that he was juggling. Um but there, there are certain uneven pacing to right. it. But Split is a good movie. Right. So, so let me ask you two questions real quick. Then, mm-hmm. um, the first question is who who stands out the most in this film, uh, mm. performance wise? I think Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, for me, I, uh, be- I, I'm on the same page because he, you know, just as uh, James McAvoy carried Split, uh, Elijah Price carries this movie. Yeah, I, agree. Um, I think. It, truly, the the title refers to as unbreakable. You would think David Dunn, but for me, in some ways, it, that's almost in complete direction to Mister Glass, mm-hmm. because even though his body breaks, his spirit, his his quest to find someone like David Dunn is unbreakable. That, I, I agree. I was thinking the same thing. I, I think he elevates this movie so much by his performance, mm-hmm. and I think that he adds this gravitas to the character and, that. Again, setting that difference between David Dunn and himself, and, and he just yeah. takes he just takes the scenes. He, yes, he has so much control. And Samuel scenes. L. Jackson had not done anything like this up until this point, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right, like he, like, like Samuel, like playing a bad guy. Not not just playing a bad guy, but playing someone so controlled. Like this is a very oh, subdued, very controlled mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, you know, and I feel like it's it's one of his most focused performances. I agree. Um, it, it it's just some something so great because as Nick Fury he he has those classic one-liners but in this movie like he's Samuel L. Jackson's one of those actors who I feel like always has an aspect of himself in every role right right kind of like he always has the cool one-liners hold on to your butts mm. uh Jurassic Park you know <laughs> he has his and you will know my name is the Lord uh from mm. Pulp Fiction he yeah. has these great one-liners but this one 
he is so controlled, kind of like Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams was an actor who was very, I think it was difficult for him to get away from himself mm-hmm. in a lot of his movies, whereas a movie like One Hour Photo, mm-hmm. you get to see him in a controlled performance. This is, I feel like, Samuel L. Jackson at his most controlled. And I'm interested now with Glass, it's it's going to be, I imagine, his movie. Right. David Dunn and Kevin Crumb are going to be in it. I mean, that's why it's called but it's glass. called glass. So, so that leads to my my next question: what, Is there something in particular you're hoping to see in glass, like a, a particular scene or a particular like uh, a moment, or is there something like maybe left open ended that you'd like kind of closed based on the these other two movies? I mean, I do think that this will be a trilogy. Right. I don't think there's going to be any I think, more. No, I think films said, after like, this. this will be it. This yeah. is going to wrap it up. Um, I don't want the final quote unquote moment to be between David Dunn and Kevin. Mm-hmm. I don't want it be between the beast and him. I, I do want it to come down to Bruce Willis and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. But I mean, but how do you, how does that, just, how does like, that happen? Unless, unless he builds like a Lex Luthorish like super suit. Well, but in, in a moment such as this, where like you can have a climax, that's not mm-hmm. fisticuffs, right? right? That's not, breaking down buildings and stuff well, yeah, like no, that. I think it's, or it could as simple as like just stopping whatever plan he has, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I'm, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing David Dunn and Elijah price together, back together. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I think I'm looking forward to like, again, the scene, the shots with all three of them. Like I'm, I'm so interested to see those scenes, them all three or all, 27 27 27, i think he said he has like three like you'll see even more even more of his personalities in this one like i love how he has like eight 20 like 27 like toothbrushes yes like one for each of his uh uh, characters that's another thing i like and i would love to do split sometime um one of the things i really enjoyed about split was the way they really simplify uh multiple personalities sort of by saying it's like we're we're all in a circle and there's a chair or some light in the center and whoever is in that light is in control. Mm-hmm. And I love that I that that visual of that disorder. Even even just you saying that, like that just sounds like dialogue that could be in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So overall, I mean, what out of 10, what do you give Unbreakable? Oh my gosh. Because the ending does end in a very mm-hmm. weird way. Yeah. I, I would give it a nine. I give it nine out of ten. Right. I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Okay. Eight out of ten. I love this movie to death, but I, I gotta go. I think the the ending knocks off two points for me. Fair. More than one. Um, but let us know what you think of Unbreakable. If this is the first time you've seen it, uh, if you've seen it before and this is your second or third time, are you a, a, a lover of this movie and watched it a million times, or is this like, oh, I haven't seen this since it came out? Um, what are your thoughts? What are you looking for? Are you going to see Glass? And have you seen Split? What did you think of that? Just kind of let us know. Um, Michael and I, I'm hoping, are going to go to a midnight showing. Yeah, I'd love to even do like uh, React. Well, I was going to say, well, I was, I'm hoping we'll, we'll probably, uh, I would check out like our Insta stories or our IGTV. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking what we'll do is we'll shoot some stuff before we go on either IGTV or Insta story. And then afterwards we'll do some like right after reactions. And then the next probably side hustle, we'll talk a little more in depth yeah. about our thoughts on it. But, uh, but yeah, that's I, I, me and Michael definitely bonded originally over this movie in a lot of ways. And so mm-hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun watching it again with you. Yeah, man. no, this, this is my first time watching it in a good few years and it definitely holds up. I'm, I think I remember watching. I think after me and you had initially talked about doing this a long time ago, I think I watched it again because it was just on I think my we mind. watched it. I think I, I went over to your place. Maybe and I, think we I watched may have put it. it on while we were working on something. Probably. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies. Thank you guys for watching it with us. Uh, season three is going to be 
just killer. It's going to be, I'm going to use it, unbreakable. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> we have so many great guests, guys, coming up. Uh, the side hustles are going to be so much so much more expanded, uh, discussing, again, our hustle in more depth. Um, that way, also, the intros and the outros will be a little shorter now because we really won't be talking about our journeys as much in those. But we'll still have our hustle support statements in mm-hmm. those uh, to kind of just continue to give you guys motivation. Yeah, and, the week. and we're just, as always, so excited to grow with you guys. Like, thank you so much for following us and for letting us be a part of your journey. Right. And it all comes down to like this podcast is run by Daniel and I. Yep, just us. You know, uh, we... <laughs> I have the full-time job. Uh, Daniel's working that yeah. uh, job search hustle and stuff, but we want to make this um, what we're yeah. trying to do. Uh, and don't forget, you can find Michael at Michael Lutheran on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at Daniel Tuttle, T-U-T-T-E-L on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can also find the show at Hollywood Hustle Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or LA Hustlecast on Twitter. Uh, if you want to send us your thoughts uh, that are longer than 240 characters, 280 characters? 280. 280 characters, or uh, you, do, you don't think, well, maybe see it on Instagram, email us. We always check our email, Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, let us send us your reviews to what you thought about Unbreakable or what your favorite superhero movie is and why, and we'll share that with everyone else mm-hmm. uh, on our social media or maybe on when we do our reaction to Glass, mm-hmm. uh, we can share your thoughts about Unbreakable. And, uh, and next week is our is going to be our first interview side hustle uh that'll be preceding uh, a side hustle so mm-hmm. or an interview so we're excited about that uh and thank you for taking this ride with us for this long yeah now that we know who you are we, we know, know who, who we are. are and with that everyone <laughs> always remember to keep up unbreakable the hustle uh hustle <laughs> unhustable <laughs>Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Hollywood Hustle podcast. Daniel Tuttle is our executive producer, and Michael Lutheran edited this podcast. For more information, you can always check us out at www.hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. Next week, we will be doing a new side hustle to episode 79. Uh, We'll be previewing our discussion with a person who has gone up the ladder from being a PA to now being an executive producer. All that more is coming to you on the Hollywood Hustle podcast.